What are you saying, Andy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm really excited today. We've got a whole host of guests with us. Um, but before we get into that, I'm going to do a quick uh, background into how I know everybody that is that is joining us today. Um, but also quickly, before before we get into that, I want to say RIP to Chadwick Boseman. Um, well, that, that news hit me heavy, you know. It was, it was like proper shocking. Because I feel like I don't think anybody knew that he had... Um, he had cancer or anything like that. So, um, yeah, man, I repeat to him, prayers to his to his family, his children, uh, his, his wife. So, yeah, we've got a big episode planned today. Um, but a quick breakdown of how I know everybody here. Um, so, basically, as you guys know, 2020 has been shit. Um, and my 2020 has been pretty rocky. Um, I started off the year working, doing an internship in Ukraine, which uh, got suspended because of COVID. So I've just been back here, been been uh, effectively unemployed, really, just waiting. So man's been home, man's been bored, and I saw a a, um, a course online called Future Startup Now Founders, which is basically like a business course. It teaches like the basis of business administration and stuff like that, uh, aimed at like startups and getting people, especially like people from un- from underrepresented communities, into uh, the tech industry. So I started that, and this is where I met all the people on the call today, um, who all have have um, amazing like business ideas. And I think with sort of Black Pound Day and the sort of emphasis on uh, Black business, um, I thought it would be amazing to get them all on to talk about their businesses and just to talk in general because they were all very jokes and they caught sort of lit up my mornings for like six weeks. So um, without further ado, I want to introduce everyone. I think I'll start with. Uh, Kiana, we've got Kiana in the building or on the Zoom. <laughs> hey, morning. Um, and Kiana, do you know what we should do? I think everybody should uh, do a quick sort of background into their business. Um, and then we hand on to the next person. Cool. Hi, my name's Kiana Williams. My business is called Newless. Um, Newless is a social tech company and we run training sessions to help businesses and individuals provide safer spaces for survivors of sexual violence and we also have a software to allow survivors of sexual violence to report safely and be signposted to bespoke um, tailored support and as Andy said yes we had five to six weeks of very lit interesting mornings Um, so yeah that's me. Sweet, sweet, thank you. And I think we'll pass on to Shay. Hi, so what are we doing? <clears throat> Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Um, <clears throat> so we're just doing like names, businesses. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. 
Um, hey guys, um, I'm She. Um, I run a business called CHL. Um, and what that does is it helps two, pe two sort of facets. So it helps young people on their creative pursuits and it helps brands connect to these young people in different ways through co-creation and collaboration. So we're very community focused um, and that's where our priority is because young creatives need community right now. Um, and yeah, just sort of building that and seeing where it goes. So far so good. Um, yeah, I was literally so, so tempted to pass it on. Um, yeah, we could do that as well, we could. <laughs> yeah? Okay, cool. I'll pass it on to Adama. This is such a throwback. <laughs> like we're doing our little check-in. Um, hi guys, my name is Adama Cisse. Uh, my business is called Season with Salt. Um, essentially, we run cooking masterclasses for students and young professionals, teaching them how to cook, um, teaching them basic um, cooking skills, hacks, tips and tricks, and also just how to shop effectively on a student budget. I think one of the big things for me was like going to uni and being in first year, like being the only one in my household that actually knew how to cook a hot meal. Uh, one of my housemates was like, oh, that's a toaster. Like he did, he just thought like toast appeared. Like just, he just <laughs> the kitchen and toaster's there. I'm like, no, you have to put it in a device. And you know, that toaster bread was like, oh, like, I never knew. I said, oh, okay. So that's, that's the moment I knew that, you know, this is the University of Birmingham um yeah a strange place a strange place but yeah so it was from there I was just doing a lot of research I enjoy cooking because I like to eat um I love egg as you lot know like I love hug like I love <laughs> but um <laughs> no nah, like in my research i found out like a third of students in the uk do not know how to boil an egg that's wild so just kind of like, yeah on a basic level like just cooking skills are just not there so just trying to incorporate that in a fun way um and yeah that's me gonna pass it on to curtis Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, morning, people. So, yeah, my name is Curtis. Um, my business is called Chris, as in, like, everything Chris. Um, <laughs> oh, that's lit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I can't like that. That's, that's kind of hard. That's kind of hard. Obviously, not necessarily, because when we were on the programme, I was under a different name, and then since we finished, like, I rebranded and stuff, um, and I'm feeling very good about the rebrand, because everyone seems to really feel the name, so... That's good. Um, but yeah, my business basically is a, we're an agency that um, sort of specializes in connecting brands with young people. But we do it in a way that is make sure that there's always a benefit for um, young people and youth communities. So I used to work on the brand side of things um, at quite a big brand. And then what I would always notice is that a lot of these big brands, they sort of like go into like youth culture and youth communities and just basically take what they want without really giving anything back. Mm. So I basically set up my agency to operate between young people and brands to make sure that both sides are sort of like benefiting from the relationship. Um, so like, for example, making sure that brands help young people with like purpose-driven projects, whether it be like about things like social injustice or race or whatever. Um, but then also making sure that brands sort of understand young people and youth culture properly so that when they do sort of like put out content or create campaigns or whatever it might be 
but they're sort of creating stuff that we as young people would appreciate. Um, so yeah, it's like a mutually beneficial thing. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much my business, man. Great, I think that's everyone. Um, yeah, so as you can see, there's a whole range of different types of businesses in there. And um, something that I really enjoyed about the course is, is the sort of, the variety of different sort of ideas and different businesses and, and stuff that we, you, everybody had on the course. You range from like the very sort of serious and um, I guess sensitive uh, sort of topics and uh, business areas to the more, um, like equally serious, equally as important, but but less um, sensitive kind of areas. And I think like everybody that knows me knows I hate sort of capitalism. I hate all that shit. So um, to see to see like young people, um, you know, similar age, black people, sort of um, using the skills that we have to try and innovate and do 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 something, try and try and so that we're not just running off giving them our money kind of thing. Um, I think is is amazing. So. Um, yeah, like that, that six weeks kind of inspired me, to be honest. It gave me a whole load of ideas and stuff for how I want to grow the, um, the podcast and uh, just in general, in terms of with my job search as well, um, gave me a lot of ideas moving forward and stuff. But, um, and we'll, we'll get back into sort of discussing the businesses in, in a bit, but uh, everyone knows over here we're a music podcast, so um, we're going to be talking music. So first off, what's what's everyone been listening to? What's everyone been listening to? Well, I don't listen to a lot. Mm-hmm. Mine's crabs in a bucket. Oh wait, that's the that's the one you just dropped in the year. Yeah, that's so you dropped that on Friday. Yeah. I know I've as I've recently heard before we went on air. Do you call it on air or before we started? Before? <laughs> 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 Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, before we started recording. I just realised I'm in a group with no Nines fans in it, so I felt that was <laughs> in my chest a bit. But no, the new album's good. Um, I've listened to it a couple times already. Um, big Nines fan and that, so yeah, man. For me, yeah, I'm not gonna say I'm not a fan of it. Like I like some of his songs. Yeah. I just think sometimes he gets hyped like some. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just like I hear certain people talk. Like the other day, Lippy tweeted that he's better than Kendrick, and I was. Just, <laughs> Say the word. I think you're trying to say. There's a word you're trying to say, but you don't want to say it. It rhymes with COVID dated. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should just say it. You know, I'm not going to say it's not for me. It's not. It's not for me. But I do respect what he does, and I do think um, he's he's very um, like people kind of skip over how creative he is. I think because I Mm. think a lot of his stuff. There's a lot of like. There's a very. Like if someone like Kendrick did it, people would be like, "Oh, right, this is this is like visionary stuff." Like even the the promo video he had where he was remaking all the different like album covers from classic albums mm-hmm. and stuff, that which I think was really sick. So um, I do rate him. I just think as a rapper, he's just like it's cool with it, but he's not. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> yeah. but, that's, but that's what I love about Nines, isn't it? I don't think for me anyway. I don't think he's that guy where you're like, "Oh yeah, Nines is the best." Like he's one of the greats of all time. Dude. Like yeah. even like his style is very like laid back and yeah. chilled, which is what I enjoy. Like um, I don't really think he's someone that, unless you're like a certain type of person, he's not really someone that you're out here like trying to scream his name off the rooftops, isn't it? But yeah. you know what I mean, like, and I do like his style, innit? I don't think that many UK rappers really spit in that style over them kind of beats anymore. Like everyone's going down like the sort of like the drill or the trap or, you know, that sort of like Nave Smalls kind of like funky shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, man. 
Yeah, his his right. style is quite good to be fair. Like yeah. I got him to him late. That's why I only really heard a crop circle. Like I knew that I knew nines before, but I didn't listen to him. Yeah. The crop circle album I did really like. Um I know you didn't like it that much. Uh I quite liked it. Yeah. I'll listen to this new one. I'll see what it's saying. I did like the videos he dropped leading up to it. I don't know if you not saw for Crop Circles 2, but he done a you know, he dropped Crop Circles 2, which was like a 25 minute video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and did you see he got all like the you know those like UK black content creators, like, yeah, 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 yeah. like all them yeah. man. I thought that was sick because like yeah. it was just putting on like so many like young content creators who weren't necessarily that big at the time. They might have had yeah. like 50k yeah. followers or whatever, but he put them all on and it was like get them all in one video, which was sick. So yeah, man. Oh, it was like a short film kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I remember that it was good. Yeah. Good yeah. Can I be honest? Mm-hmm. If if someone put a gun to my head. And they said she named one nine song. <laughs> <laughs> just one. <clears throat> can I just say that maybe I won't be here because this conversation. That's just. Um, I mean, I'm sure he's talented. You know what I did? He released a. Um, it was like a short 15 minute thing the other day on YouTube, and I watched a bit of that, and it was really well directed. And I saw that he directed it himself. Like apparently he's like a films guy, so I was really impressed by that. But that was more me appreciating like visual art as opposed to like his music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I couldn't tell you a nine song, not one. <laughs> well, that should probably change. Curtis, put me on. Yeah, I'll send you a list of his best bangers. Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else? What else have people been listening to? I really um, have to think about this. No, ads. You go. You go. Because you've actually been listening to something that you can listen. Do you know what? For me, I just want R and B to come back and stay here. Mm. You get me, guys. Like, Trust me. Like. <laughs> Guys, I'm tired. I've been listening to um, that new Brandy album, B7. It's been eight years since Ooh. you released something. Eight years? Yeah, it's been eight years. Oh. Like, eight years. And um, she hasn't skipped a beat. She hasn't skipped a beat. Like, like it's, it's literally classic Brandy. Mm-hmm. Harmonies, tone, everything, everything. Lyrics. Um, fam, there's some stuff on there that I'm like, wow, like, She's very like I feel like this album she really took it there with storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes deep, like there's stuff about like her being like suicidal, her going mm-hmm. through depression. So it's quite deep, but it's classic brandy with just that R and B sound, like mm-hmm. you know, brandy from the nineties brandy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that yeah. brandy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I I'm looking forward to the verses battle tomorrow. I, in my opinion, it's not a battle, like it's already yeah, it's, it's, it's I don't understand battle. that. Monocot is coming to show up. Do you get like tonality, <laughs> musicality, <Wow>. just impact like <laughs> this? Monica, where are you? Wait, where are you, sis? Can <laughs> someone explain the beat that they had from before? Because I never, I don't really know about it. Do you know yeah, what same, is? same. There was a rumour that when they performed um, The Boy Is Mine for the yeah. BMAs, I believe, or MTV Music Awards, yeah. apparently Monica punched Brandy in the face before they performed. Yeah. Oh, I've seen the video of them singing and she looks upset. Like. Yeah, so it was before that performance, apparently, allegedly... <laughs> We've got some lawyers in here, so you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, even with that whole The Boy Is Mine, like, it was never beef from the beginning. It was just, oh, like, let's do a song. 
Um, and you know, Monica's from the hood. Like Monica is is about that. Just, yeah, she's just sitting yeah, there. I think she there was rumors that she saw Brandy as like you know preppy and just you know all of that, all of that. So it's just so she banged on her face. No, there must be more to the story. <laughs> you know no, 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 there probably is, but it's just industry. You know, like how the the music industry, you know, life, society, the world pits women against. Each I was other. literally gonna say, like oh, labels are literally. like. There was no beef like that, right, but obviously yeah. if, if people are reporting on someone, so it kind of just, I guess, built tension. Um, and I know they did like a reunion song like a couple years back as well. Um, kind of like part two to the boy's mind. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Like, it seems like there's love um, now, so that's good. Like Monica commented on Brandy's um, post about Versus saying that like, she's a legend, all of that, all of that. So I'm like, there's love, there's respect. There's respect. I don't know if there's love, you know, because I saw that they both posted the, po- the poster of the verses with their name first. So, like, Brandy put Brandy versus Monica, Monica put Monica versus Brandy. So, I saw that. I saw I mean, low-key, that. Low key, it might not be as sweet as we think. Do you know what I think? They're going to be there together, innit? I think, I yeah. think labels just pit women against each other. Like, literally, That's like what Adam said, like, they literally like it's calculated right um because i guess female beef causes it causes like press attention views and all of that um but also not to be rude but i feel like i know monica monica is talented don't get me wrong but i know monica because of brandy, brandy. you know <laughs> what i mean like see that's not again again i know kiana looks hurt but you know <laughs> that's not to take away from her but the first time i heard of monica was when she was on a song with Brandy. And I'm not gonna lie to you, for me as a consumer, that has been her brand. What the girl has been Brandy. <laughs> nah, That's just no, been her brand. For Monaco, like it. <laughs> no, it's it's just I'm just speaking just as a consumer. Who um, no, someone just, just me. this is just Oh, Kiana, I'm I'm listening. You know what? I'm sorry, actually, I love you. I like this, but this is I'm not even Monica, but if I was on Monica's team right now, oh, I'll be no. shaking. The whole oh, of the sorry. 90s, I'll be shaking. Did oh, I so do sorry. it right? No. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so, right? We know her now, isn't it? She was like 13. Oh, I didn't even know that. When she was 13. Yeah, her first album was when she was 13. Um, one of the songs I really love of that is um, Just One of Them Days. Like, she was literally a teenager. Like, she was a kid. Um, so, Monica's been around, even before Brandy, to be fair. You know what it is? I'm just going to be typing all these songs you guys are putting and putting into the chat. So then yeah, I can it's then, a like, album. Yeah. I can't lie. Like, that album for a 13 year old. Can't lie to you guys. Can't 13. lie. Yeah, she was 13. What can a 13 year old really be talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. I, I, I can't bond. I don't know if I want to hear you. <laughs> no, I lived life when I was 13. You say? I've lived life when I was 13. I, I have stories to tell deep. I can get you in your feels. Do you know what's happening when I was 13? <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. My life was even more interesting at 13 than it is now as a big woman. You know what drama was going down in year eight? Chuck, oh, just no, facts, teenager. Facts. Year eight was that, yeah. yeah year, eight, year eight was definitely know. the best year at school, innit? I don't really remember year eight. I can't lie. My memory starts in year 10. I think that's that's where I remember from. <laughs> yeah, eight, I think I was a boring child, man. <laughs> Football and stuff, but yeah. Wait, anything else people have been listening to? There's a few others that dropped um, recently as well. 
I mean, there was the Burner Boy album. It started with that. Burner Burn Drop. That's probably the only thing I've really listened to, or I've, I've really listened to that's dropped this month, like albums-wise. Um, I wasn't really that big a fan, to be honest, compared to his his um, mm-hmm. his proper underwhelming, in my opinion. Yeah. Do you know what? A lot of people back home think that like this was him. So you know, when you've reached like a le- level of like legend status, that you're not even doing it for the money, you're not doing it for the attention, you're just doing yeah. it to like leave a legacy and to just show yeah. Yeah. I can do th- I can do yeah, but I could also do this, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but people really think that it was just him trying to get a Grammy because. Your average Nigerian will listen to the song and not be able to relate. Like even a lot of the artists on there, like I mean, back. I mean, I'm just saying for back home, people don't really know Coldplay like that, you know. Like so, it's just it just seemed like it was him trying to appeal to an international crowd, which he's allowed to do. I honestly don't think that's an issue. I don't see there's anything wrong with that. Um, But yeah, it was very different. Yeah. Very, very I mean, different. to be honest, he's always been an artist that's sort of switched up his styles from like project to project. Because even mm. um, what's the one before uh, African Giant is it outside. Outside, yeah. Outside. Even outside doesn't sound like African Giant. So mm. to kind of expect, I think maybe I placed too much expectation thinking he's going to give African Giant part two. But the thing is, it's like he gave us anybody. He gave us Wetin Mango Do. He gave us like so many songs. Yeah, yeah. I'm like. Can you just give us a little bit of something like that? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like, even on this album, I was saying, like, you know that song, Wonderful? That song sounds to me like, you know when, um, like, Prince Charles and them man go to Ghana or Nigeria or something? Oh, no, and they, stop. they step off the plane and they've got people performing. Andy, stop. And that, that's what it sounds like to me. I'm trying to... <laughs> Andy, Andy, stop. Andy. <laughs> Take it back. I'm being harsh, but to be honest, I'm like, I'm listening to it. And I'm thinking, this is what I hear on BBC News when Prince Charles gets the gun oh, of no. Nigeria or whatever. I mean, <laughs> that's deep. But Bruh. you know what I think it is, though? I think it's also kind of unfair. Like, we as listeners were really, obviously, because they're artists, but we're really um, hard to please. I feel like a lot of the time we ask for versatility and then when we get it, we're like, no, we'll go back to the old sound. We don't like this. This isn't what we asked for. And I feel that's very mm. sort of prevalent in, in Burner Boy and his projects. Like Burner Boy's stupidly versatile. Like, let me send you guys a song. This He's got a song with Fall Out Boy called Sunshine Riptide and it's a rock beat and he, he killed it. Like it's, I don't know how he did it, but he did. Um, and when he gives us sort of the versatility we're asking for, we're like, eh, Nah, you know, mm-hmm. but then we complain mm-hmm. that things sound the same. I don't know. I think we're just quite a tough crowd, basically. Yeah, we, no, that is true. The thing is, though, so, like so, some of the, I don't know, because versatility is good and all, but just some of the songs on this project weren't as good, like just weren't as good as the, pro- yeah, the song of the last project. Like, if you made a versatile song to the uh, same standard, then I would be like, oh, this guy is. Mm. He's doing it, but mm. some of the songs, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but some of them I just like, just skip past. I think about half of the album I like, yeah. and then half of it is just like... Because he gave us versatility before, like he has a song with Lily Allen on, on Outside. Like he's Yeah, given us yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. But he can do it, he gave us not as good versatile this time around. So, so who would you guys say is somebody mm. that gives us versatile but slaps every time? I like Tyler the Creator. Ooh, really? Career, no, I, I hear that. Guys, 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 guys
hold on. Let's let's add the holistic thing we're talking about right now. We're saying that the versatility is there, but it's not slapping every time. Me, I is slapping the creator. No, no, but that was our that was the foundation of the discussion, right? So we saying that Tyler the creator is versatile and slaps every single time. I don't think anybody slaps every single time, but like there's more hits than misses. More hits than misses. You know what? Subjective in it. Kiana, who would you say? I don't really have anyone. I'm not gonna lie. I have to put my hands up. No, no, no. Actually, actually, Vibes Cartel. Minus that rock <laughs> song that was on no, the no. PL. I have that. Minus that. Minus because that you one. Think you think he's versatile? Though? In it. Like, let's no, give Vibes it. Cartel is let me, ga- let me tell you. Love a bad tune. You'll give it. Yeah, that he's no, Vibes Cartel. He's, he's even got British love. Vibes Cartel was doing that Nicki Minaj thing where she's switching voices before Nicki Minaj was doing it. Let me tell you. <laughs> people don't know about Vibes Cartel. You know, people don't know about. A DJ no, karma. Put us on. Yeah, put us on. Put us on. Oh, guys, because even when uh, the when thing is, yeah. Guys, go, go, go. No, no, no. Go through, go through. Because I don't oh, know how to put you on. Because it's YouTube. That, um, I was saying, even when they did the no signal clash, the ten v ten with um, vibes versus Wizkid, um, the DJ struggled. I mean, he struggled too much. <laughs> my sister said we were hearing. But my sister's a big vibes fan, and she was like. What was the song that he played? Um, There's one song he played, and she was like, "There's no reason I should be hearing this song if the, you have to pick ten of your best vibe songs out of a selection." Mm. But basically, um, he's got so many different styles that you could do. He was the DJ was complaining. He was like, "Listen, man, some people wanted Gunman vibes, some people wanted this vibe, mm. that vibe," and I was stuck, kind of thing. Because so that shows no. how, how he is. Mm. That DJ, yeah, no disrespecting it, no disrespecting him because that clash already caused enough beef and enough problem. Me too, I had to recover for a couple of days because I was Jamaican out from head to toe and he let not even just me down, not even just the diaspora down, he let the island down and he let cartel down. That's all I <laughs> Can I ask, what is Jamaican up as in like, were you like merged out? Like, go on Instagram, go on Jamaican prep. Guys, I had my flag, I had my top, I had my shoe, I had my headband, oh my God, I'm just I seeing... even had wristband, I had everything. If I could wear my eyeglass, I would have worn it all. Yes, <laughs> I was ready. Do you understand? I was ready. My Twitter DP changed to Vibes Cartel last man standing that clash that he had with Mavado back in the days in the, in the general suit. I, guys, I was ready, and I love with kids. You get, I knew deep down that maybe Cartel wasn't going to win just because of population size. Do you understand? Mm. Not because of musicality, but because it's wonderful island and Nigeria is big, so I knew. But the DJ, do you know? Yeah, there were so many songs he could have chosen, even with the versatility that could have done well. Do you understand? Even if you're playing Cartel for the UK sound. There are tunes. He was playing certain cartel songs that my, even my father wouldn't even like, he listens to, but it's not his get down. Like, for some the of the songs thing. that were played, it's real yard tunes. Yeah. And that's not how you play. That's why he win a war. You don't win a war by what you want, you know. You win a war by what the people need to hear. That's, that's what, what I was, was going to say. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. The 10v10 thing, it's really difficult because you're trying to play the songs. Again, at the start of it, they were getting proper music heads, like people that, you know, like DJs yeah. and stuff. So they were playing people, they were getting people that are actually properly passionate about this sort of thing. So they're not trying to please the crowd. They're just going to play what they think 
sonically sounds good and obviously it just wasn't banging because you're playing four people so it's kind of tough because it's like do you like what's the word do you like sacrifice your music taste just to like please people but no that's not a good thing yeah that's what i was about to say as well put people on that are just there to enjoy the vibe like they can they can assess the vibe Mm. know what to play and the Mm. thing is like i listened to that thing and i was like so anyone can do this then because because clearly like they haven't i don't know i was just like bro even if you you jump into your dj bag etc whatever yeah vibes was he provided the soundtrack to most of our acs experience you get it so i'm like you can pick one or two songs that everybody knows Mm -hmm. just to ensure that you've got a couple on the board you know like Mm -hmm. you only need to win six yeah, to, to win the whole thing, you need to get mm-hmm. six wins. Yeah. So you can play six songs that everybody knows and then use the other four to you know, put people on or play yeah, your... Yeah, no, your, that makes sense. Your, he'll answer for his crimes one day, is it? <laughs> do you guys think you could do a 10v10? You say what? Do you guys think you could do a 10v10? Oh, 100%. I, I, I was making playlists, like the whole... This was getting me through lockdown before the, the course. I was making playlists to say what I would play with each 10v10. I was proper, I was invested, I was in there, man. <laughs> I think there's only one answer that could do it. Oh, spend it our way, Andy. <clears throat> uh, I, was, I even jumped to my R&B bag, I was doing like Bryson Tiller, I could do anyone. I could do, <laughs> as much as I do not like him, but we'll get onto that later, I could definitely do a Drake 2010. Yeah, I, I, saw some, I saw something about Drake slander in the chat. Oh, we're getting to that, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. Hang on, hang on, hang on. If you really don't rate the guy, then why are you trying to do his 10v10? I'm not trying to, I could. He's got hits, man. He's got hits. That's, I'm not that's sure the thing. thing. I'm not biased. When it comes to my music, music is music. If it sounds damn good, it sounds damn good. I don't like the artist, but I like his songs. I can say that with my chest. Yeah. Oh, so your issues with him as a person? Put him? Your issues with him as a, like outside of his music? As a brand. Oh, fine. Okay. Oh. Yes. See, I, thought, oh. I thought it was one where you actually don't like the music. No, guys, no, no, no. There's a difference between Drake slander and Drake music slander. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? Drake in itself, he will get dragged. Okay. But yeah, no, I won't, I won't, I won't lie and say, guy makes incredible music. I could do an Anderson Pack 10 10. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Yeah. Okay, he has an incredible discography. Yeah. We can say that. Uh, now he will be a legend. He, he will, if you if you think about it, the success that he has right now means he'll be a legend. Yeah, like yeah, just in. I mean, might not be a legend to, to to you, but in terms of when we look back Objective, at this era yeah, of music, yeah. like fifty years from now, the name Drake will ring out. So he, yeah, he is. But you, you can't like get a legend, past. like objectively. Can I ask? Do you yeah. think? No, no sorry, go and I just wanted to know, does that mean that also Nicki Minaj is going to be a legend? Is, is it everybody that's basically big becomes legend? So as long as you get big... Nicki Minaj is a legend. Yeah, Nicki Minaj is a legend. Big and stay is big. So I guess you have to look at it like 50 years from now, will people still say that you know, the tunes that he made were, were slapping? If so, then yeah, he would be... Because there's people who are big now, but it's kind of like, we're not going to listen to them any, yeah. any way down the line. So that's not yeah. a legend, but... But my my issue with sort of like legendary status and all of that these days is that the issue of like 
artists being big because they have massive, massive fucking labels. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not allowed to swear. No, swear to you, man. Okay, massive fucking labels <laughs> um, backing them. And then you have things like payola and stuff like that. Like, for example, some would agree, and I've seen some stands agree, that the likes of <clears throat> Cardi B are legendary. Whilst I don't agree, no, that's they could be like, well, look at the charts, look at this, look at that. But then people don't know that she but has that massive, big, probably the biggest label in the world backing her, you know? Um, and that's just my issue with like charts. And even like with streaming, streaming's changed everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like stands, for example, you know, when Yummy came out, yeah. um, Justin Bieber was basically like gaslighting his fans to basically stream it and stream it, to go to bed and keep it on loop. Like that's, what, what is that? How does... How's that the game now? It's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, the thing, the thing is, I think, like, anybody that knows know, can distinguish between a legend in the sense of, like, a Cardi B that sells a lot of records mm-hmm. or a legend in the sense of, like, a Drake who has consistently for years, for t- over 10 years now, delivered to an extent you get, like... Keanu. Del- <laughs> Drake! <laughs> this really stresses me out because, do you know what, right? <clears throat> do you know what? Let's take... MJ, Michael Jackson, me, I cried. I cried when he died. The thing about Michael Jackson, yeah, he's, he's a legend who creates legend status music, as in timeless sounds, artistry, everything is X, as in the songs have substance to get. I just think the music industry right now, a lot of the legends coming up, because, you know, let's call them coming up legends, legend 2.0. <laughs> I like Drake. If I met Drake, I'll take the autograph. I'll take the picture with him. I bought to Drake's tunes. I'm not a Drake hater. But what I don't like here right now is our <laughs> the music of this generation, and I sound like my mom or my dad. <clears throat> it's just like there's no substance. You're making the tunes for the coin, and I can hear it. The, your your bars, your verses, it's Show. and it's that okay it's, 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 no but do you know what it is dance. it's okay you can't compare to mj though because mj is literally the best like of all legends up there mj prince is also a legend who prince there's some people that are just undisputed yeah there's very few on that tier of legendary where we're talking like i think of it like basketball i don't know if any of you watch basketball but i'm like there's certain players Legendary player, Steph Curry, legendary player. He's mm. going to be um, top fifty of all time. He's mm. he can even be up there top ten, top twenty of all time. Mm. Yet, but he doesn't get into discussion <laughs> the greatest of all time because there's a certain level to it where mm. you get the MJ's, the um, LeBrons, etc. Where mm. it doesn't even make sense to talk about Curry because even though Curry's had the impact where he's changed the game, everyone's shooting threes, etc. Mm. He's simply just not as great as a LeBron oh. or an MJ, etc. One 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 thing though is like I don't know if you think MJ Prince they're both uh, singers like people seem to have uh, like Mm. I I know do you feel like a rapper can get to that status because people often look at it like as a slightly different uh, category like it's it's newer as well right it's a lot. See one rapper that I would say. One rapper I would say is undisputed legend. Is Lil Wayne. No one can tell me shit. Shay, I will not like, hear it. That's why I, I like. Don't hear it. P twenty thirteen Lil Wayne. I don't know what happened. Like I was having a discussion with my cousin. His label. His label happened. Shay, Look, we were saying, is he is he a good rapper? 
that yes. had a bad era or is he a sh- shit rapper that had a good era? We were try- mm. trying to discuss because post 2013. <laughs> Sorry, should I, what did you say? I mean, was, was the was the question whether Lil Wayne is shit? No, it was more like, because I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make sure. No, of course not. It's just like his, not, I won't say downfall, but just the drastic change between what he was putting out prior to 2013 Mm. and then after. It was almost like nuts. Like, it was it like, it's almost like he just lost all his sauce. Like, it was, it was wild to experience. The thing is, he he was, he got sent to jail for gun possession on a car, on a gun that he wasn't even in the vehicle. So there's questions already about how that happened. And his label didn't back him. Like they, they kept all his money from the Carter Four, and he said, "I'm not putting out any more music with you until you give." And he was just asking for that one album because they've been keeping his money from because he signed when he was like 13 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they've just been keeping his money forever. That's why Ooh. when people talk about legendary and they talk about Drake, I always feel like you can't talk about someone like Drake who's effectively molded his career after Lil Wayne, but he's sort of seen where Lil Wayne has been yeah, messed around by businesses and etc. So he's moved in a different way. And I, I think when you're talking about legendary on a music level, it's like, all right, you can give him his props for sort of being business savvy and stuff, but that doesn't have anything to do with his music. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. people will say Drake is amazing because he's had this run, etc. But he's managed to have this run and build this brand because he hasn't been messed around by labels the way Lil Wayne was, where they were stopping his releases for like, they didn't let him release a cut of five for four years. So it's like, mm-hmm. But let me let me ask you this then. Back to your earlier point when you said, "Oh yeah, legendary." Will people still be listening to this music in fifty years time, thirty years time? Do you think the like our kids, bearing in mind not your kid directly because you'll probably introduce them to certain music and whatever. But do you think our kids will go into like music history and start listening to Lil Wayne? My job. <laughs> Guys, what, what we, yeah. No, but then again, Curtis, to even answer that question, how many people these days are listening to rap from 20 years ago? Don't get me wrong, there's but some few old heads, but generally speaking, people aren't. But I think I think if you're like a rap fan and you're like a hip hop fan, yeah, you'll have listened to Wu Tang Clan. You'll have listened to. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I mean? the same for Lil Wayne. I think. People, he will go down in history. Like this yeah. man has had an incredible run. He fathered half the game because he fathered like Drake, <laughs> Nicki, that that group, then the young thugs and everyone that built their career off of him. Now <laughs> under that, now his grandkids were getting to the little babies with the gunners. Then listen, don't <laughs> let me get into my little way and stand. Grandkids, I can go on. For, I could talk about Lil Wayne for an hour and a half. So don't let me. Do I that. think because you because you lived Little Wayne, yeah, like were alive and listening to music in his peak year obviously like you fully appreciate the journey and more so appreciate what's come after him because of him yeah yeah like if you're a young person in the future you look at it like oh yeah 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 this drake guy was popping back in the day i want to look into his music but i'll be honest i don't really see too many people talking about Lil wayne these days and i I don't know if that energy Ooh. from... Now, you know, he's actually right, because there are, certain, there are certain artists that I feel don't get the respect they deserve. Yeah. Mm. Nicki Minaj is one of them. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shane. Nicki's one of them. I won't lie to you. you. But let's, let's caveat, let's caveat. Let's caveat. Say Nicki Minaj is one of them. Yeah. But the thing is, with Nicki well, as well, <laughs> Nicki fan, real Nicki fan, or Nicki stands here, yeah. if you don't know Nicki prior to 
um, your love, then you're not a Nikki fan. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that's true. Like, that's people true. don't that's even know Itty Bitty Piggy, and I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry. That's, that's a bang on with the word. They're out. Yeah. They're yeah. out. Yeah. Autobiographies. Say, say her Who's music has been on that level in the last, because... I don't, since like 2015, oh. 16 times, she hasn't really put out something. You know, like, the thing is with Nikki, I wouldn't even say like my, my respect for her isn't entirely musical. It's the fact that she came into the game, the only one of her kind, literally <laughs> rapping in a room full of niggas and killing like Monster, for example. Monster. Monster. Yeah. She bought yeah. Kanye almost took her verse off. Yeah. Because yeah. It, she, she bodied it. And that was like her first proper, you know, yeah, 50k feature you know and and she bodied it and i don't think i feel like just her little theatrics you know beefing with people that's what made people lose respect um well the, the quality of the music it's not just like, who she oh for <laughs> me her band, she just i don't I know think if she, she was just... still putting out music to the level of monster <laughs> ev piggy etc people would allow her being a bit wild mm, and all that stuff. I hear that, I hear the that. quality of the music declines at the same time as you wilding out and doing you wilding out yeah things, then obviously we're gonna lose respect though. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's sad, I won't lie. Forget, she beefed, she beefed Lil Kim, you know. I just yeah, want everyone to really take a step back cheeky. because I'm I'm a Nikki girl back in the days. I'm one of those people that say, oh, before they made it mainstream, they were making good <laughs> tunes. Because she was. All her mixtapes were popping. Me, I was crying in the car, like, oh my gosh, Barbie. The me. Then I said then all of a sudden, and the thing is that Nikki, um, one thing I will say is that this babe is versatile. You know, we're talking about versatility. Mm, this yeah. babe can really give us all sorts. And she even gives us a whole musical theatre piece in the track. Yeah. But, 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 you see when the coin came, that's as if the lyrics left. Because I said, babe, what's going on? <laughs> nah, her ex. What's, what, why, nah, but we can't oh. keep blaming Safari because now she's got a new man and it's the same puppy show. Yeah. Do you get no, it? as in, I think her ex was writing her shit. Nah, she's already, oh. she's already disproved that. I have, I have a strong feeling that's because it, the timing just, uh, uh, call me a conspiracy person, but the timing adds up. Okay. I think, I think <laughs> she's just going through heartbreak, innit? And she, she wasn't one of those artists that could turn the heartbreak into good music. She needed nah. to take a break. Yeah, she could. Yeah, she could. Do you remember, she, I don't know if you guys, I can't remember what the song is called, but I can see the, the mixtape cover. And she wrote a song about when she had an abortion. Autobiography. Boom! This babe can actually spit serious heartbreak. She's a storyteller, fam. She's actually so talented. I don't know what she's doing. I'm taking it personal because I really wanted to continue liking the babe, and then she started moving mad. This is not love and hip hop. This is the game. You call yourself the queen of rap. Show me. Show yourself. Yeah. Do you know what I think? I think we don't give enough. Um, attention to just how much labels affect how much you put out and what you put out, That's or basically true. your entire career, really. Even the Nikki, Nikki, Lil Kim, Nikki Cardi beef, streets think it was all the labels, you know, because at the end of the day, the Nikki Cardi beef was it's a huge part of their brand, it's a huge part of Cardi B's brand. Like, Cardi stands are Cardi stands, and they hate Nikki, like, it's a huge, you know, it's a marketing. Mm sort of do you think us as as um consumers mm. need to do more to not feed into that because i can see that yeah. that whole thing was manufactured by labels etc and you know getting back on my hate capitalism thing like i don't like when these big corporations get involved in <laughs> because it's like you're affecting the art and yeah really realistically the head of these labels is some white dude that doesn't listen to nikki or cardi so why should you have a say on what they release or etc but 
they're providing the money so that we all get to the thing is yeah we love drama in it like as people Mm. in general we love drama in it like whether it's like fights on world star or beef between like different rap groups or whatever yeah people love it in it and i can't even i can't even lie to you yeah when i hear that one beefer is one rapper's beefing another rapper it just makes it more interesting, isn't it? Because it's like, oh, that's, like, that's this true. person sent out a diss track and the reply comes 24 hours later. And do you know what I mean? Like, bro, even like the Storms and Wiley beef, yeah? Made Wiley relevant again for the first time in how long? Like, and that's what I'm saying, isn't it? Like, it, it, it does, like, the, the bit of drama does, like, make things interesting. But I do get your point that sometimes it takes away from the music because certain people... When it's toxic. I think, like, when it's toxic, like, especially with... with um, I think it's a bit different when it's male rappers as well because I, um, I, I think with, with with male rappers, even though there is often be, like <clears throat> I I don't completely follow the narrative of like they're always pitting women against each other because they do that with men too, but there just seems to be more space for different type of men. So you're not going to see a Kendrick Lamar beef a little Uzi, for example. Whereas with with women, they kind of try and put them all into one box, so they have to beef each other because they're all already in one box and only one can be the best, which I think is wrong. So I think us as fans need to do do more to not feed into that. But speaking for every fan in the world, it's not going to be let me, ask let, let me just ask quickly, does anyone know how, man, this is like a genuine question, mm-hmm. how many, if any, like, female-owned record labels there are? I, I know one, I know one <clears throat> and it's UK-based. Um, I met this lady out in Cannes, and she's a black woman. Um, and it's a very small label, independent, well, not independent, but they work with sort of like artists that want to be independent and do, they, they help artists distribute, but independently, if that makes sense. It's sort of like platoon. Yeah, that's no, an independent label, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only one, literally. Because yeah. don't you feel like now, like not even when you look outside of rap music as well and hip hop, there's so many like female artists who are, who are big in it, like very, mm. very, very successful. So it's like really, we should start seeing that translate to more female-owned record labels because, like the, the, the issue that you're talking about now with, um, you know, record labels and the people that own them don't even listen to the music, that are not got the artist's best interests at heart, all the rest of it. Like we need to start seeing a translation from like successful female artists to female record label owners if in mm-hmm. my opinion you really want to see that problem tackled because obviously the yeah, current people who right. own labels they ain't really going to do nothing about it because they don't care like yeah no i 100 agree i think um and outside of just record labels and stuff just like female presence in music like i don't mm-hmm. i don't see that many female hip-hop producers other than right. i can think of maybe two off the top of my head and I know like that. i think um too often um men put women into a box of if it's a rapper, you need to be like uh, the super sexy rapper that everybody wants to, mm. um, and then, or you have to be an R&B singer. And like, there's there's different things that you can't really put put them in, especially with black women. And mm-hmm. I think I think um, it's kind of difficult because there's not much we as fans can do, especially where especially fans that aren't too deep in it. Like, they'll just listen to what comes out. Yeah, they're not they're not like. So I don't really know how something like that could be solved, to be honest. Well, I was even going to sort of like link that to your point earlier about like what we could do as consumers, because yeah. honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, I think stan culture has ruined everything. I think it's mm. ruined the way we listen to music. I think it's ruined the charts. It's ruined. It's ruined everything, really. Um, it's become so toxic. 
to the point where every tweet you see now, there's a K-pop stand underneath with a video <laughs> free to stream. And it's, it's just like, how can we as consumers, like how do we even know what's good and what isn't anymore? How do we even know what's genuine and what's, you know, I think, I don't know. I think stand culture has really, it's shifted the way we consume music. And I don't think it's been in a good way at all. Um, do you, no, sorry, go Andy. No, I was, I was gonna say, don't you think, um, that's also manufactured by the labels and stuff because like Definitely. you said yeah, like stands are paid a lot of them are paid for yeah because like you said like we do how do we know what's good anymore like i know what's good because i listen and if i like mm. it I like. but some certain people will say oh this is good because it's on the charts or whatever yeah and to be honest even with someone like drake i think there are certain drake songs um certain like ones of that are his hits and stuff that when they first came out i wasn't a fan but because you hear it so much you hear it everywhere um, mm. it becomes a song that you like and i think it's one of it's one of two things. I think with Drake, I think he makes he's now moved to making timely music, not timeless. So it's like he makes music that by the time he drops the next book, you forgot about the last one. Once he dropped Blame, mm. everyone forgot about Controller. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, like that TikTok song he did. Yeah, and I think also in this period where we're not able to go outside in the same way we used to, like we were all talking about how there's no carnival and stuff. Like you're not gonna hear certain songs out and about. No, but I was gonna say like, do you? Is it this whole stand culture to me? I don't mm. feel like it's a it's a new manufactured thing. I think it's like you know when the big guys see something that's been the norm and then like rinse it dry till it's problematic. Like, yeah, yeah, because I think about hip hop or I think about dancehall where like clashing and standing for someone is the norm like that's the foundation that like, people are having yeah. their rap battles what is it eight mile eminem's film but yeah. back in the back like, yeah. do you know what i mean Stand. like these battles are this has really been the culture that you back someone who you like musically or i think about um even from a female perspective i don't know if you guys will know this yet but if you do that but Lady Saw, before she got saved, yeah, did um, a clash with Maka Diamond and deleted her. As in, if you see this on YouTube, the babe deleted her. She dragged her from A to Z, from Genesis to Revelation. She finished the babe, okay? And when I see, like, the Jamaican dance all clashes, it's very, like, I don't like how the clash can spill out into, like, normal day-to-day life and people mm-hmm. are standing so hard that they're putting their life on the line. But it's not... I mean, the toxicity comes in different ways, but those women clash as big bad girls. Like, even Spice was clashing before she went on Love and Hip Hop. So clashing is such a norm. And the thing that, you know, I feel like brings musical, the fans of the music involved. It makes you feel like, yeah, did you hear this? Did you hear that? But then you see it to this extreme where it's like, I don't know, like, I can't, I can't gauge whether it's the case where, whether it's stand culture itself or whether it's just when money gets involved in things mm. that people start pushing it too, too far. Because I, I love beef, you know. Maybe I should rephrase that. I, I love when I see artists really dig deep. Because when you're clashing as well, you ain't got time to sit in a studio like that. That's why I really mm. rate Chipmunk. Mm. Because I feel like Chip, he actually cannot run out of bars. That babe, That's a talent. That babe can really come for you even if he ain't made songs in a while he can come even when St- i said stormzy you it's you up. babe i didn't know you were taking it back to the south side like this i will sit back and i'll be trying to catch the bars and then also with the clashes you start finding out tea not that i'm an advocate mm. for being still yeah <laughs> but it's like 
rah, is, is that really what's going on? We would have never known that Drake had a you. Do you know that? We yeah, would have true. never known. <laughs> Y'all would still have Drake up <laughs> in their room saying, oh my gosh, look at me and Champagne Pappy. Champagne Pappy is an old family. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I completely agree, Keanu. 100%. I agree. I think, I think it's, it's more... It's more the intensity. I think. Let me let me ref, let me rephrase. Twitter stan culture, I think, has ruined a lot of yeah. things. Not stan culture in general. Like like I, even <clears throat> like you said, like taking it back to like clashes and stuff. Like I think that's fan culture. Stan mm. culture is when it gets toxic. Like if you know like where the word stan comes mm. from, obviously the song where it gets literally toxic to the point of like. Yeah, it kills himself. Yeah. You know. So it's like, you know, <clears throat> and there's some stands that are just, they just take it too far. And I think it's really, really changed how, at least me personally, let me speak for myself, how I consume music. How I discuss music, basically. Yeah. I think yeah. that, no, I agree. Well, wow. to think about the artists themselves as well. Because mm-hmm. more time back in the day, especially like oh. female artists, and I'm talking about hip hop female artists, mm-hmm. they were girls like that. They weren't out here beefing each other. When you think about the song, I don't know if you've heard um, Unity, UNITY UN, by MC Light, Queen Latifah, oh, yeah. all of these big women, they're not beefing each other. Yeah. They're actually mm-hmm. not beefing. Like, their styles are completely different. We've got Missy Elliott, and to me, yeah, Missy Elliott is the biggest underdog of all time. Oh, she peaked too early. The creativity was there. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't appreciated yeah, yeah. enough. Elliot was doing what she was doing now, back then it's now. It's not appreciated enough. Like, mm-hmm. people do not rate that woman. And she's always coming to her, I'm so humbly, sis, collect your Grammys. You deserve oh. them. Like, she's a visual <laughs> artist. She's a story, like, it's just a lot when it comes to missing it. Bro, she's, missing she's, she's another one where I say a legend that doesn't legend, get enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think, again, it's about it's about the artists themselves and whether or not they they feed into that beef as well because them lot were not beefing back in the day like that. Mm. you get what I mean? Mm. And even That's to this true. day, Queen Latifah, MC Light, they're actually babes. Like, they're yeah. actually cool. Yeah. So it's one of those ones where as much as we the consumers feed into the beef is whether or not the artists feed into the beef because no, I, I, I wouldn't blame the artists though because i think back then um yeah. there was more space for different styles from female yeah. rap mm. if you're talking about female rappers there was more space for different styles from them whereas now i think now we're seeing there was a period where if a rapper wasn't sort of like little kim or nikki or something like that they, you don't really hear from them. You don't hear from like a Rhapsody or someone like that um, mm. in terms of like on the charts or getting major label push, etc. And I think maybe that is shifting a bit, but I think that is the reason for the beef is because um, mm. the artists that are being pushed to us are being molded after each other. So obviously they're going to sort of mm. crash because they're effectively doing similar styles of the same thing. But so I, I do, I, I, I do agree though. Like um, some of the, so. Some of it is on the artist as well. Like, I, I do feel like Nikki fed into that beef a lot. Like, she was really up for that beef. And then there is an aspect of rap that is competitive as well. So, like, if you see someone, like, I think she really did want to, like, outperform. It's the same, because if you're talking about sport, right? Like, you want to outperform your mm-hmm. opponent, right? Your competition. You can respect them, but you still want the top spot. Yeah. And, yeah, I feel like... Mm-hmm. In, in male rap, that's, that has kind of, like, 
faded away recently. I'm not sure if it's the style of rap that's being made now or something. They're all buddy buddy boring. Yeah, but back, back that's in why the I day, like there was a lot of competition. Put everyone's name on the tune and got everybody like, listen, even though I'm your boy, I'm trying to murder you, trying to make sure your your fans they never heard of you. You know what? Yeah, let me let me let me, let me we can touch upon that. Yeah, because all right, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two points. Firstly, back in the day, like when Kendrick, Drake, Rocky, all these people coming up, people wanted them to be. If you yeah. remember, like people were saying like, yeah, yo, yeah. like Kendrick will kill these guys in the clash. Yeah. Like yeah. I dare Drake to take it. Like people wanted them to be. Yeah. And then recently, um, it seems as if the male side of rap has just become all pally pally. But like, I don't think it's out of the norm that two of the like hottest rappers in the game would be. Mm. But like maybe it, it was, like like elevated in sort of the outcomes because it was females yeah the other point is that i was speaking to someone recently about that control song what song that's not that's not a hard this i don't know why everyone like goes what up goes right? on about it's that kendrick oh song. i wouldn't murder it. it was it's such control, a man. buzz like <laughs> sorry that's just that's a sub point that's a side point okay. but yeah I, I uh yeah i never thought that that this was hard. I thought the verse was hard. I never thought. You know, the, I don't think. I don't think that this was that hard. But I think because Drake took it personally, it became hard. Do you get? Yeah, yeah. Drake he, made he, it. Drake would take it personally, and then also he did the BET um, freestyle. Oh yeah, the cipher. That put the soft rapper back in his pajama clothes, and he said, "That, <laughs> that, that was, was, Drake that was hard." On, that was Drake hard. took him on tour and everything. So Drake's looking at it like, bro, I thought we were guys. Like, so, <laughs> sorry, that's. <laughs> Do you know what it is back to um, <clears throat> just the point about just beef? Again, I think it all boils down to labels. Like a lot mm. of these things are actually struck. If you if you work if you know people that work at labels, I'll probably tell you. Like a lot of these things are probably planned, especially when it comes yeah. to female artists. Um, and it's sad to see, really, really, really sad to see. Um, like even like Stefan Don and um, Nicki Minaj. Like obviously, like who? What business does Stefan Don have? Whoever talking no. to Nicki Minaj, like you know, it, you can just tell when certain things are staged. Like it just didn't make sense at all. It didn't make sense at all. But sometimes, um, sometimes certain artists need to do that beef mm, to make themselves relevant. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, oh, like if I send shots at Nicki Minaj, everyone's gonna hear everyone's it. Everyone's gonna talk about and it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works. But that is such a rookie error. Are you mad in your head? Do you know now, when you want to do a feature, who are you featuring with? Yeah. It's like, with people, okay, if, if we're going to look at music at business, then they need to actually get their business hat on. Because you're going to cause beef, and now you're then going to have to do a press conference for the beef to be squashed. And the pride in the industry is high. So the beef isn't going to be squashed. And now, you, babe, can't be doing Women's Day, International Women's Day track, because you and the girl is beefing. Do you get it? It's like, there's, I'm not going to make my, I'm not going to really go here today on that particular side because like I said it's not for anybody to come and slander me yeah but all I'm gonna say is this use your brain do you get use your brain just because you've got two tracks in the USA does not mean you've hit musical peak sometimes you need to humble yourself and know who to beef there's other if you want to beef you know there's other people to beef I can give you a few all them new um girls yeah that rap the same way Pick one of them. Oh my gosh, like you guys can go back to back. But Nicki Minaj, know yourself. Because if you and Nicki Minaj are featured together, you actually, it will blow you. That's why Meg, 
our babe Meg. One thing I respect about her yeah, is Meg has played this game well. Meg said, She's a smart. All of you will be my babes. Yeah. All of you She's I will a smart feature. Meg and is she got true all the features for the damn them. That's how she's able all to. All of them. Even Beyonce. Yep. Do you know what it is? I think someone that's also, I don't know if you guys are watching, but I just look at it again, like you said, music as a business. Um, I don't know if you guys are watching, like, Ivory and Dolls come up. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's really fucking smart. So what she's doing is she's befriending all the Nikki stands. She's tapped into Nikki yeah. stan culture on Twitter. She's sort of paying sort of tribute to Nikki in her videos. Um, and the stands are picking it up. And so as a result, her, her fans are now predominantly made up of Nikki stands from America and it's building her brand mm. so much. It's honestly one of the smartest things I've seen a UK yeah. artist do. Yeah. Because if you yeah. come into the game, obviously she came into the game through beef, right? Like it's hard to get as, and the UK doesn't respect female artists, full stop, right? And so for someone that came into the game through social media, your marketing strategy is gonna have to be different. And so instead of doing a beef, 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 she basically befriended all similar to Meg, just befriended fans of people that she looks up to and it's really worked for her mm. really really works for her i think it's really the, brand, the branding with the doll as well because you know this dream doll cash doll like yeah doll there, so like um it kind of adds to that as well it's like an yeah. american because they don't they weren't really doing it in the uk but um that was smart as well you know yeah respect for that and they also the music is decent like Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not for me like I don't think she's making songs with me in mind as the target one <laughs> but a tune here and there like I hear my sister play the um what's that one um rumors yeah, yeah that one's like yeah with these stds that I got yeah. <laughs> up here, that, that one's a decent tune that, it's a decent tune so she's um, dropped a um, teaser for a new one on the TL oh, really? mm, um, how's recent name I can't lie I think it's called bad B I V D or big bad I V D one of the two mm. I don't know if I I don't know if I like my TL is quite um safe, you know. So I don't know if I'm ready to retweet that from my TL, but I bookmarked the tweet and I said, "Wow, IVD, is this how you're going on? IVD, you're letting people them know that because it's true. People thought, babe, you beef. Your mm. first track was more like a track for the beef. You know, like how I miss our fabulous warrior. I don't know if Miss Our Fabulous genuinely is going to go into the music scene." But I like that tune. I play that tune on a regular basis because it's just a bit of like a. It's not. It's not like you know there's music. Way, like that <laughs> yeah, like that's a caption tune. That's a little. It's like for me. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the most respectful term. It's like music that is banned, but it will, it will hold a vibe and she'll make her coin. It's not like she's trying to create some big musical artistry so that's going to blow our minds. Do you know what mm. I mean? And so IVD was on that way, but then IVD showed the people them. She dropped her um her duo. She's still making the track, and I, even though her name was Abigail, right? Abigail actually also had bars, which is a shame. That I hope song, Abby, no bay. You know, yeah. I hope she brings back. You know, a yeah. little tune goes in the studio herself. Like, come on, babe. But yeah, IVD, that new little um teaser she's dropped. I can't lie, it sounds like a banger, and it does sound like as you're saying that. Like, you know when Nikki, before all of this, used to do those proper um, freaky girl um, mixtapes and would talk about some very, you know, adult things. <laughs> IVD is doing the same, but she's mixing it with drill in a way that she sounds like Mandem, but she's very much still honing her femininity. And I love that. I, I, I can't lie. You, you might hear me bopping that tune too. Mm. I might have to get a radio version though. My ears, my ears. <laughs> I need, a, I need a bit. Come on, I need it clean. I think on the opposite to that, you've got Shea Boo, 
who's oh, yeah, yeah, made yeah. a co- comeback. I don't know if she was, I don't know if she was there anyway. Like she was, <laughs> but you get me. Like she's she's made a comeback, I, and she's making big claims. She's saying she's the queen of rap. I said, hmm. She's saying she's the queen of rap. No, 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 no. Saying you're the queen of rap. Actually, no. do you know what? Let me come down before anybody. I don't want to be with anybody. Don't come for me. Don't find me in it. Don't find me. <laughs> but like, Shay, like if you guys remember, Shay Bo was like in like chewing gum beef back in the day with Dd. She's like sneaky and all them guys, Chrissy Minaj, all of that. So I'm just like, I'm not being funny. So you're not the queen of anything right now. Like, it's just, it's not. So it's, it's, just, nah, it's just seeing how like the different approaches that Shay said. Like, I've worried Doll is coming in, and so almost like paying homage, but like finding her way through that way. And Shabo is 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 trying to come in and just claim everything. It's like nastiest. Like you actually have to back it up first. Um, so it's just interesting. It's just interesting. I think the UK rap scene. I don't know. I don't know. I think apart from Miss Banks, I really love Lady. I used to love Lady Nisha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Who else have we got? Um. Lioness, mm. but she doesn't make stuff no more. But Lioness, she doesn't get enough respect. Lioness is a, is a worst. She's sick. Like there was a whole um. Freestyle with like UK rappers. There was Lioness, Lady Nisha, mm, Baby. I remember Q. that. Um, Nisha's been in the game for time. Yeah. She's been putting yeah. work for a long, long time. She needs more respect on her name. Yeah. Well, Guan. Yeah, I hope she gets that big break because she has been putting in work for years consistently. Little That's why I said that like, UK actually speak. Yeah, and I don't. I really don't think the UK appreciates its artists. Talk as a female artist. It's really sad. You, to me, um, I don't think the UK appreciates black creativity enough. Period. Because, because there are too many examples of creatives that have had to go to America to blow and then come back. Like, Nancy Bo. But we, we recorded a while back here. Um, and my boy said, we said, oh, look at LMA. He said, bro, if she were here, she'd be working in McDonald's. Like, she would not be winning mm. Grammys at that. Because he, he said, she would end up in McDonald's. Because, <laughs> bro, like, they just don't appreciate, especially with R&B, things like that. Like, they don't appreciate at all. Mm. Um, and I don't know what the reason is. I don't know if it's because we in the UK are a bit more stush than Americans or just in America. That's exactly the reason. You that is literally the market for, for, well, I mean, there's more black people in America anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, like in America, they have a whole, not to say that we don't really, that we don't have black culture here yet, but like our black culture is like, influenced by Caribbean culture and influenced by African culture, right? Mm. To make up what is now like black British culture. Whereas like in America, they have like American black culture. Like they're at like, most of us will say like, oh, I'm from Grenada or I'm from Jamaica or I'm from Nigeria or Ghana, Mm. wherever, yeah. Whereas like the black Americans, they're like, yeah, I'm American. Like I'm I'm from New York. I'm a a black American, yeah. So like they have their own culture. Because obviously they've been in America for much longer than we've been in the UK. So like, if anything, it's just a case of like more time for us to actually have like a solidified black British culture, the same way they have. Would you say that's not the case now though? Would you say that doesn't already exist? It does. It's just from as an outsider even looking in. I just feel like it's an it's very influenced by our heritage from Mm. either the Caribbean or the or Africa mainly. But, I, but that I could be it, you know. I, I wouldn't yeah. say the fact that it's influenced by the fact that we all are more in touch with, I guess, the country of origin. Mm. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the, a lot of it is because 
um, obviously American culture in general has kind of taken over popular culture uh, mm. in the sense of like we over here hear news about stuff happening in America but we won't hear about news happening in like I don't know Papua New Guinea or something like that like, <laughs> so you hear it, American culture has taken over my point is though sorry just to just to finish my point is that in I don't know about you lot in it but I personally am much more comfortable trying to say oh I'm from Grenada or I'm Caribbean than I am mm. trying to say I'm British Mm. Whereas like mm. Americans, they are American, isn't it? Regardless yeah. of all the shit that happens in their country, like they're American and they're yeah. not trying to say anything else. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think we yet like have solidified our culture in this country to the point where it's like, yeah, like I'm British. This is us. This is me. Duh, duh, duh. Obviously, I do think we have our own culture. I just don't think that we have like um solidified black culture space in british society yet in the same way the americans have if that makes sense but i, I think what i would say to that is your, um country of origin the culture from your original culture i don't think you need to to kind of get rid of that in order to no, no, not, british. Not, no. not get rid of no i mean like i would say americans it's unfortunate but a lot of them don't know the country they're from mm. so they kind of have to say american stuff but i think we over here I think we need to have more respect for black British culture. Like I feel like a lot of the time we try and mold black British culture off African-American culture. Mm -hmm. um, and we see it as, I mean, even look at like the Burner Boy album, just to bring it back. Like he's trying to win a Grammy. So he gets Diddy involved and tries to put, mm. get Diddy preaching whatever he was saying on those couple tracks here. And it's like, why do you need to involve that in order to win a Grammy? And then also why do you sort of value a Grammy, which is an American award, above other awards and other accolades you get because i'm sure he's won i don't know personally but i'm sure he's won awards in nigeria mm -hmm. like that. so i'm like i think <coughs> i hear what you're saying about um african americans have their own culture and stuff but i think we need to just take more pride in what we we built here mm. um, and i think it's happening though i do see it happening like people like stormzy he's got to like the biggest in the country basically and he um well effectively and he's very you know about black britain he doesn't really collaborate with that many americans he doesn't he hasn't had drake jumping on the tune he's not in drake's comments every time drake posts a picture you know you know what i mean like stormzy turned down drake and um, jay-z did you guys know that because yeah, he wasn't yeah, ready yeah. and that was excellent and he said he just wasn't ready and i think that's i think that's amazing mm. and even you know even sorry carry on no, 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 crochet. I was going to say, like, I think both Curtis Kurti, and Andy's point. <laughs> um, I think you're both right. Um, Kiana and I actually had a discussion. Do you remember after we watched that thing just about, like, yeah. Black British culture? And I feel like it's still relatively new, obviously, compared yeah. to years and years and years of, you know, the Americans being yeah. in America and creating their own and having their own and curating and sustaining it. But I think Black British culture is very new, still very heavily influenced by immigration. And as a result, I feel like our generation, even with me, like I was saying to Kiana, like when people ask me where I'm from, <clears throat> I literally don't know what to say because I grew up with sort of both aspects of British and Nigerian culture and I could relate to both. And when I say I'm British, I feel like an imposter, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that there's a lot of us that are still in our generation finding our feet but having said that there's a lot of people that are building that black british culture like look at recess like no signal yeah. they are literally mm. building like pillar pillars that our kids are going to look back at and be like oh shit like back in the day this was actually a thing yeah. and this is this is what culture is um 
No, I agree. And I think that's why, that's part of the reason I, I kind of respect the, the businesses and stuff that were on the course and everything as well, because I think that's definitely an aspect of it as well. I think outside of just sort of music, art, all, all that stuff, um, getting sort of foundations in business to sort of not only, like it has a cultural aspect to it as well and can push sort of black British culture, like something like No Signal, if they manage to get the money to build their radio studio and um, build it into a proper radio station, that's that's a business they set up for black art to come through and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, I definitely agree with you that um, things like that sort of, uh, what's the word? I guess fortify um, black British mm. culture, I would mm. say. And I think um, that's why like, like full respect to everything they're doing and it's kind of one where you just watch from the side, you just want them to win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a win for them is like a win for us. It's the same with like Stormzy. Like me personally, used to be a big Stormzy fan. His music, now I don't really listen to it as much as I did. But I want to see him win because when he wins, it's a win for all of us in like Black British culture. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And I think as well, like the difficulty mm. comes from the fact that in the USA, the the notion of being black is very different. It's African American mm-hmm. first and foremost, mm-hmm. and the fact that they have nowhere to go back to, like this is their home. So there is this solidified understanding of what blackness is in the mm-hmm. states. And when you meet people who are um, from the Caribbean or from Africa, their experience within the USA is quite different because they have that connection to either their country back home maybe they're from home or whatever mm-hmm. whereas in the uk blackness isn't homogenized like that so mm-hmm. my parents and our understanding of what black culture is has been predominantly caribbean not in hill carnival it's mm-hmm. caribbean and so when you see that shift and you go to Notting Hill Carnival and you hear different types of music that all be like I listen to Afrobeats but if I hear Notting Hill Carnival mm-hmm. I get a bit like whoa like and I, even though I will still pop to the tune I'm like what's going on mm-hmm. because the reality is that in the UK building black Britishness is very is is difficult it's a difficult plight because we have very separate nuances within blackness like blackness doesn't isn't one mm-hmm. thing in the UK we have the Caribbean yeah. community yeah, well, not a monolith. You have the African community, and even then, there's all these generations that most of my family were born in the UK now. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I chat to my friends, and their parents are still from back home. And even though I went back home quite a bit, I have other um, friends who have never been to Jamaica, for example, or Trinidad. So it's like there are so many nuances that the building of Black British culture becomes like we look to the states forgetting their origins or what black culture is out there and forgetting yeah, that for them they are yeah. so like the USA because that's what they know yeah. but when we even if we just look in our friendship group and chat to our friends our understanding of culture is different and so it's tough and, and you even see that like we're talking about um some of the clashes and battles and you can see on Twitter already people are thinking oh, why are you playing this why are you not playing yeah. that even the yeah. carnival edition the other day Cause, cause a bit of uproar on, on, on the Caribbean side of Twitter because it's like just because you're playing you're doing steel pans but you're playing non basically non-Caribbean tunes like what the heck is that but in my head that in and of itself is indicative of actually black British culture that like all these fusions mm. we have even Burner Boy not yeah. to go back to him but his outside album for me now, I just see Burner as in my humble opinion as a British Nigerian artist 
I don't know if he likes that term, I personally couldn't care less. Mm. Because in reality, his albums always reflect for me a London yeah. sound. Yeah. It's like you have you have all this dancehall sound, you're even talking patois, and then you'll be spitting to Yoruba, and now you're spitting. And that to me yeah. is what London, and even Black British culture, okay. let's all be real, it's London Black yeah. British culture, because I cannot tell you what's happening up north with the Black folk. <laughs> and I can't tell you how it goes down there. But I know in London, in Brixton, mm, let me not even get into let's not talk about gentrification. This is a music podcast. <laughs> I need to hold my phone. But when Brixton was what Brixton was, Brixton was known as Little Jamaica. When you go to Peckham, it was known as Lagos. And we're both in South, did you get? So yeah. it's just understanding yeah. that maybe Camberwell was the fusion yeah. between. I've got, I've got, but we're all mixing and blending, and our kids will get that. I think it's so beautiful. I can't even lie to you. I think the nuances, the complexities, yeah. it's honestly, you can't put it in one box. And I think that is so sick. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, for example, let's go back to recess. Let me tell you something. Just, I'm a recess fan. I have yeah, literally brought at least 15 different people to recess parties because it's that good. Um, so like I said earlier, like when I call myself British, I feel like an imposter, even though I've spent half my life here, half my life in age, I, I still feel like an imposter because, again, because of this whole sort of discussion and nuance, but I could go to recess and feel at home. You know, they're playing dance or they're playing Afrobeats, they're playing song, you know, British. And I just feel like, okay, this is, I can relate to people, like, you know, that sort of thing. And I feel like when those complexities like merge and come together, for example, Kiana, like you said, at Carnival, it may be like, oh, like this is, the Notting Hill Carnival is for is for character culture new. for them, yeah. you know. But I, I think I think and I think even us, for example, <clears throat> as you were talking, what I was thinking about is the fact that as we're sort of building our businesses, as we're doing our little things, like we're also creating culture in our own different yeah. ways and contributing yeah. to what's going to be the next generation of what it meant to be Black British. And yeah. I think that is so sick. I think it's really really cool, and I think it's inspiring. I just think it's a dope. It's a dope time to be young and black. Really, yeah. I can't lie to you. I would say I would say as well to your point about <clears throat> feeling like an imposter with Britishness, but feeling that well, when when you describe yourself as British, but feeling mm. at home at somewhere like recess and stuff. I think that's because we as young black Brits, um, more so than our parents' generation, etc., um, have really had to like almost painstakingly carve out our own identity, our own um, imagination of what being black and British is because if you think of Britishness on a global scale like what people think of as being British uh, and I've got a good example when I went to Ukraine that man didn't really speak English but they kept coming to me with like tea like because Brits love tea and I'm like to be honest I don't really like tea like that to be honest and I kept saying it like one guy he had like a Union Jack mug I think he got it because he knew a Brit was coming to the office and he's like oh look tea and I was just like <laughs> well I'm like <laughs> the, the image of Britishness is, is um, largely sort of, I guess, like, you think of, like, empire, you think of, like, posh white people, which um, mm-hmm. I would say is nothing like us, you know? And mm-hmm. I, would, I would also go as far as saying is inherently violent towards us as black people because empire and stuff was built on, like, our countries and that. So we've had mm-hmm. to carve out this, like, Briti- black Britishness which um, kind of goes to your point of feeling comfortable in somewhere like recess, but in general feeling um, not comfortable with being described as British. And Mm. quickly, not to rattle on, but Kiana, what you were saying about carnival, I think is interesting because you you brought up the fact that um, when you hear like Afrobeats or stuff that's not, I guess, true to Caribbean heritage at carnival, Mm -hmm. you kind of feel away or look, look kind of 
sideways at it. But I feel like Notting Hill Carnival has become a celebration of that Black British culture we built. Um, I don't know if I'm, I might be wrong in saying this, but I feel like it's kind of transformed from being a celebration of just Caribbean culture to being a celebration of Black Britishness. Um, and like, what do you think, as a Caribbean, what do you think about, do you think there should be more, um, I guess, onus placed on celebrating the original Caribbean culture mm -hmm. from which Carnival came? Or do you think it's cool to incorporate other aspects of Black Britishness and celebrate it as a whole culture? I'll jump in. But yeah, obviously I've been going Notting Hill Carnival since I was like three years old. Like I've only missed it two years since I was like three and both times I go to to go to Reading Festival, which in hindsight was the worst decision. <laughs> you missed Carnival to go to Reading and Leeds. No, because, because, because in my defense, yeah, <laughs> the first year, I was like, I can't lie, I love that kind of music. Let me know. Yeah, yeah. To this festival, so I was like, yeah, cool. Obviously, it, like get back on the Monday. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll get back on the Monday. Go Carney on the Monday. Both years, I was just mashed up. I, I, I. But you know what? You learn from experiences like these. Yeah, you turn, you turn the L into a learning experience. That's, That's what I'm saying. Um. But no, yeah, it's, it's just mad, isn't it? Because I've seen, obviously, the transformation from, like, when I would have gone in, like, early, early 2000s, like, obviously, like, very, very Caribbean-based, very Caribbean-focused, a lot of, like, a combination of, like, you get a lot of, like, Caribbean families and their kids and their, like, young British kids. Um, and it's sort of, like, where I learned a lot of, because I, I come from an area that's pretty much mainly white and Asian in Elin. So, like there's not that much black culture around me. So that every year, obviously my mum's family are from South. So I spent a lot of time in South and I saw all that in Peckham and Brixton anyway, but like carnival was like that one time of the year where I get to go see not even just like Grenadian culture, which is where I'm from, but see more about like Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, mm -hmm. all the other islands. And like, then as I got a bit older, I got into my teenagers, it started, like you got a lot of um, Africans sort yeah. of like joining the carnival and becoming part of the yeah. carnival. But I, I always saw that, saw that as quite a natural transition because mm. for me it was like, yeah, the, these men are just kind of the same as us anyway in terms of like, yeah, obviously there's different traditions and culture. But as you said, in terms of like in Britain, we all kind of listen like as... It's a similar lived experience like, over here. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like as a def descendants of African parents or grandparents in Caribbean, living in Britain, you all kind of listen to the same music, you eat a lot mm -hmm. of the same foods, like you have the same experiences. So that seemed quite like a natural transition for me. But then what I've seen in like recent years, like maybe the last like four years or so, is now it's become a place where you get a lot of like middle-class white kids going to carnival. Oh with, my God. Like, I'm not really here to try and be oh, a gatekeeper to carnival, yeah. But what really, 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 really vexes me yeah, is these kids come there on the streets, like doing balloons, doing pingers, and all these other. And it's like that has never ever bro, been. We, we need better border control. Be a gatekeeper, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. close the damn borders. In the words of Dr. Umar Johnson, this is an African's only live stream, bro. This like, is an African's like, only live stream. The, the way I see it, sometimes I feel like we're too quick to try and invite everyone to the cookout because we know it's lit. So mm, it's understandable yeah. that people want to come, do you get? 
And I understand all of that, but for me, I think history will tell you, inviting certain people to the cookout, and I'm not going to put any names on it because I'm not trying to get cancelled, is it? But history will suggest <laughs> that inviting yeah, certain demographics to the cookout doesn't end well for the organisers of the cookout. So yeah. they can, so for me, I'm like, certain cultures can know a cookout is happening. Mm-hmm. Other, like, so they can see the flyer, the invite, everything, but they can't come. Even some of them, they can bring food and stuff and just hang around at the start, but you have to leave once it gets popping. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other other cultures, other demographics, yeah, they can't even know that a cookout's going on. And to be honest, like, um, yeah, I think, I wouldn't say so much that sort of middle-class white people, I, I wouldn't say, because a lot of the time when I'm there, maybe it's because I don't really notice them when I'm, when I'm there, because usually I'm a bit, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I can't remember. But I'm saying, um, I, I see them as like spectating almost, like they're staying inside and looking and watching. And- it, it used to be, it used to be like that, yeah. Oh. But what you get now is there's like certain like stages and like mini little block parties and that where they're playing like drum and bass music and that. Oh yeah. But, and but- I was like, not like, no, like that is, it's never been that. Like that is so far removed from the original like concept and culture of Notting Hill Carnival. And then, like, as I said, like, I went to living in, like, a very, like, white area and went to, like, quite a white school. I always see people, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going carny, like. <laughs> oh, my God, let me tell you. No, but. If you're going to go, yeah, like, immerse yourself in the culture, innit? Yeah, yeah, don't to try fair, and. To be fair, I'll say, I'll say one thing on it, though, because, like, mm-hmm. I have also, I, to be fair, I haven't attended carnival every year, but I have gone on and off from a very young age. Um, and I think it's it's changed a lot over the years. Like when when I was initially going, at least like the reason that my family um, stopped going as a group was that it changed from a lot of um, steel pans and live live music to a lot of like um, like more like speaker systems, like sound systems. Yeah. That's and then even then, like so back in the day, there were people saying, "Oh, why are they doing this? Like this is not what carnival was meant to be about, right?" But like that's the way the culture was moving, if you wanna if you wanna say like that, right? And then I think it has kind of as if you wanna say black British culture has progressed over time, carnival has kind of progressed with it as well. Mm. Like you've sort of seen more um uh like the Afrobeat style music come in, you see more like grime come into it. And now you're seeing uh dubstep and stuff come in but black people these days are listening to dubstep and like drum and bass and stuff so i don't know if we can say like that it that is not it's not carnival because if it's it's, if we're saying it's black culture then carnival was a representation of representation of black culture Mm. there's a lot of uh people these days that are part of black culture who do go to drum and bass race like it's not it's not specifically a white thing anymore i hear that i think the issue I actually completely agree. That's actually a valid point because I don't. I also don't like the rhetoric that black people can't listen to certain music. Yeah. I hate the fact that we're naturally put in a box. I hate it. Um, but I think the issue is we're taking up space, and that's something that white people. I'll say it with my chest. That's something that white people do, and they do it a lot. Um, they go to spaces that are for oppressed. The reason why things like carnival exist is because black people wanted to have community you know they wanted to see their culture you know they were taking our culture was basically taken away from us right and we want to see it in this new place that we're in you know respect to caribbean people for putting that putting that space there for black people so for white people for you to come in like curtis said like i went to um school in kent 
So I also went to school with middle-class white people. And when I tell you that they make it like a thing, like Kani, we can, and it's just, for me, honestly, even as an African, I feel like I'm taking up space at Carnival. I'm not going to lie to you. I go there to appreciate Caribbean culture. I don't go there expecting oh, to listen to Afrobeats. So. No, nah, come on. Like, it's, it's true. Like, I go there for that sort of thing. So for you to come into this space, not only, you're not even African, you're not black at all. And you're sort of creating your own space in this space. I think it's slightly st- overstepping boundaries. I won't lie to you, but I'm not even in a place to say that, you know, because carnival doesn't belong to Africans. It's just from an outsider looking in, if that see, makes see, sense. See, I, I would so, agree. I think I, I would agree, but like, oh. are we saying are we are we saying that that change is because of white people or because of black people? Like, are we saying that the change in the sound is because of? Um, the influence of the white uh, it's, it's a difficult one because a part of black Britishness I would say is the fact that we have become attuned to some parts of British culture as well mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. like now how things like dubstep and garage and, and, and like a lot of these things have interblended and like I wouldn't say that like drum and bass is like not uh, like it's not relevant to black people anymore like it, it is part of black culture now so mm-hmm. I'm just saying like yeah, we can say they're taking up space if they're coming and like they're making it into a big thing, which is not what it was. But like, I don't, I don't feel like they're they're the ones driving the way that the event takes. Like, I don't think they're the ones driving the change in the music sound, which is why I'm fine with it. Because I also feel like the Afrobeat started to come in. If you think about it, you can kind of map like the transition of. Um, black culture i mean it's a it's a it's a jump like might be jumping out there a bit but you can kind of Mm -hmm. map the transition of like black people in the uk through Mm -hmm. carnival a bit like the caribbeans Mm -hmm. generally migrated first Mm -hmm. right and then a lot of people from west africa came in right and you can sort of see that soundscape changing across the years through carnival Mm -hmm. then a lot of people had children in this country who are now like British. I don't know, diaspora squared, right? Like they're 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 <laughs> born in the UK and they have like a lot of um interests and, and feelings which are like very British based, which is mm-hmm. then like you see more of that sort of element of um drum and bass and etc. coming. I don't know, I don't I feel like yeah, you can we can definitely say that we don't want them to take up space there, but I don't feel like the sound or the changes in whatever carnival is mm-hmm. is being driven by by them so to speak. i don't even think that the taking up space is an issue with sound i think it's an issue with presence yeah i think, mm-hmm. I think yeah i'm saying that's a that's a different thing that yeah. like i'm yeah. i'm trying <clears throat> to discuss that point i was just i was just mm-hmm. saying that like i don't think the change in sound is is because of is because yeah. Of, yeah, no, I, I think that's just one example and it's not um i think i think it's like them being there and i guess not i don't know about how to phrase it like the word in my head is like Giving sort of some sort of reverence to the Caribbean culture that it originally yeah. from, but I don't know how you would do that anyway. Like, how how does a white person show? Reverence? But I don't even think. No, but I don't even think um it's just a white people thing. I think it's everybody who is not Caribbean will mm-hmm. enter the space and not show adequate reference. Mm-hmm. Reverence. It feels like mm-hmm. you know ACS when the sea is silent. Yeah. And my problem is mm-hmm. um that a lot of people think they know Caribbean culture and understand Caribbean culture because mm-hmm. they listen to Bashman, which mm-hmm. most Caribbean people don't even refer to the musical genre as such. Mm-hmm. And I think my pro- like obviously ca- let's make some clear disclaimers because I don't have anybody's time to 
today. <laughs> the disclaimer being that me, um, I love Afrobeats. Do you get me? You will see me shaku on the beat as <laughs> well. I'm here for it. And also, I'm Jamaican. So this is another level that I don't even expect to hear dancehall at carnival. And I'm Jamaican. Do you mm. understand? So I think for me, this is the problem where people are making not in Hill Carnival a black British thing when it's, it was never that technically. The only reason it would be considered Black British is because obviously Caribbean people, the history of the fact that when you were in the Caribbean, even under British rule, you were also considered British. So the notion of Black Britishness is so complex in the Caribbean community in and of itself that, you know, there are layers, there are layers to this. Mm-hmm. And most people don't even know why Carnival started. People don't mm-hmm. know that Carnival was political. People don't know that Carnival mm-hmm. in and of itself, back in the day historically, was when the slaves were free and shacking up themselves and mocking their, their um, masters. Like, people don't know these things. Then they come to Carnival dressed in their baggy riders and crop top with a big flag that is not from any, any Caribbean island. And Can I just say, I was, so, I was so really Lucia last year. Every no, year, I have a new self. identity. I was with my. I had my whistle. <laughs> I had my whistle, my little flag. But sorry, carry on. No, do you know? What I think it is for me as well. It's like these people, and they will know who they are. Will come to carnival, shack up their self, and then drag the Caribbean on Twitter and make some very wayward statements about Caribbean <laughs> culture. That all we are is just freaky people that ain't got no fathers and ain't doing no stuff. And it's like, are you moving mad? Are you actually mad in your head? And you come to the space, and I think that's my thing. Is like what are we defining Notting Hill Carnival as? Because if it is Black British culture, like, it is what it is. Like, yeah. But my thing is, actually pay homage to its historical roots and that's respect the community that, outside that's of your community. And yeah. also take time. Like, you're coming on a TL. Yeah. People don't even listen to Soka. And then you come on a TL and say, oh my gosh, Carnival was rubbish. I'm all I'm hearing is this jump up, jump up music. I said, are you mad? Do you not know that's what you're supposed to be hearing? And like, I have an older sister who grew up on garage right so that is will hit up the garage the garage um stages and stuff and sometimes we'll roll through but i think for me and i think the reason why a lot of people in the caribbean community are getting very irked with this situation is because on one hand you have people moving into Notting hill who are from a particular demographic group who've been knowing carnival exists and are lobbying mm-hmm. the council to reduce like the, yeah, no, the route ridiculous. basically that's so that's mad number one and then they're getting paid to go to brighton so the carnival people that are, are making carnival and putting money behind this and i have to take out of their pot to pay you who nobody told you to move your ass down there wait wait they're getting wait say that again they're, they're getting, getting paid. paid or like they're, they're getting paid. like they get a coach they get like basically like if you don't want to be here on that day here's, here's an option for you if you don't want to be here on that day move somewhere else do you understand and i think i in when i go to carnival and i hear grime and i hear afrobeats and i hear drill because it's not just an afrobeats thing right it's non-caribbean music even when i hear bashment or dancehall like right like the sound is shifting and changing but mm. i w- i'm not gonna come on the tl to move my i think twitter is the problem i've come to the conclusion don't get me started I, on twitter yeah i've got a question Roll through. Uh, would you say that the two things would you say firstly that the shifting of like we can all agree that Car- um, carnival has kind of shifted from a celebration of only caribbean yeah. culture to black british culture would you say that that is a bad thing? And would you say that um, it's, I guess, leading to an erasure of Caribbean culture? And if you think it's leading to an erasure of the Caribbean culture, what can we as people that go to Carnival, et cetera, 
um, do to sort of pay more homage to Caribbean culture? Mm, Sorry. That's a really good question. I think if if it was the case that carnival shifted within and, and, and essentially consent into that, I think most people wouldn't have an issue. But you can see when you go to carnival, you can actually feel the tension. When you go through the floats, you can feel the shift. You can you can see the faces, the people you, that you can tell that there was no harmony and that this is happening whether you like it or not. Um, and also, like like what was said before about different, you're now being born in the UK, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the people running carnival also come with the mix and blend now. So I don't really have a problem with the sound and ignorance behind who is not from being heritage on a school week. That's when it's an era 404. And it's like, I do feel like there is, there is starting to be, I don't, I don't necessarily know if Caribbean culture is being erased, but what I feel like it's being is torn apart and people are picking and choosing what they want without ever consulting the community itself. So it's like people mm. are doing Caribbean, like, let me not bring this, for example, for example, Particularly in the UK, I think because the UK, as much as I love our blended culture, I do feel like because we don't take time out to get to know one another's cultures and we assume because a lot of slang in the in London is rooted in patois and this, that and the third, we, people understand and then I think that's where the issue comes. Even an individual, I won't say his name, said that his woman is more Jamaican than him or more Jamaican <laughs> because she's gone to Jamaica and his woman, do you see Wait, say that again, his woman ever. is what? Do you understand? Well, the name. It's Harry Panera, isn't it? His, the thing is me, I'm not saying the name because I'm not sure, I'm not saying the name. Isn't she white? Yeah, she's white. Yeah, she is. He, he, was, he was doing Jamaican. it in defense of like, you know, when people come for anyone that like interracial couples and stuff. So he was doing it in defense of her, but then he kind of jumped. Who comes for interracial couples? Um, I see people it. Who comes for interracial couples? I see it sometimes, but yeah. I, I, I keep my mouth shut. It's not my yeah, Some people do, but that that is not a good uh well, he jumped out the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she loves me and everything. And it was nice. We loved, loved, didn't it? And then he started jumping out the window saying like, oh, she's more black than me, man. She's been to... Yeah, Again, don't go to carnival. And this is what I did the first time because it was my first ever carnival. And I was like, sis, relax. Like, do you know where you are? I went to carnival and I was like, where's the Nigerian float? Literally. <laughs> um, where's the Afrobeat? They have float? one now. They have one. Like, yeah, yeah, no, they do. Um, but it's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I hear Afrobeats all the time. Like, I'm here because I want to sort of not immerse myself because I think that sounds very um, vulturey, but I want to sort of appreciate this culture. Like I'm not, mm. I'm not going to go to carnival and be like, where's the J rice? Where's the John rice? I'm going to go to yeah. carnival and be like, you know, and I feel like that's, that's something that, again, I'm not going to say white people, but like a certain demographic tends to do. And I'm not going to lie, I think Africans do it as well. I can't lie to you. Um, there was a huge, I went to um, a very white uni. So the ACS there was very, the ACS presence there was very strong because there, there weren't that many of us black people. Um, and there was this huge sort of discussion about why the sea is silent in ACS, similar to what Kiana said. Um, and that ended up in there being like a Caribbean society um, in itself. And then people were saying things like, oh, you know, like you're being divisive and like, 
you know, you're sort of like dividing cultures. Why is there a whole Caribbean society? But I, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I see it. I feel like it's a kind of thing where, yes, we're all black, but sometimes it is necessary to close the borders. Even as an African that, you know, appreciates Caribbean culture, sometimes close the borders. Like, because when you don't sort of set those sort of boundaries, then people take the piss. Um, yeah. For those sort of yeah. things. Well, I set up a Caribbean society at yeah. my uni. I set up and I set up whilst I was on ACS. Yes, yes, I did. Mm. And no, mm. my my one is going great because it's mm. not. It wasn't a beefing. There was a Nigerian society. There's a Ghanaian society. There's a Somali society. There's an East African society. So oh, where is the Caribbean yeah. society? And I think the Caribbean has been in the UK for the Caribbean community has been in the UK for such a long time, and people just don't know. Like for example, people think that all Jamaica is is Rastas smoking weed and taking back shot and it's like this is actually how you have reduced you just what I think our just said? entire yes did she yes. just say what I think she just said you, she did it reload it it's true <laughs> that you go to this TL and this oh so the point is is like you take a country who in my opinion Jamaica's done more like in terms of the size of the country and impact on global mm. um culture global black culture it's done more than any other country out there so you take a country that's done a lot for us as that's why i've got like so much respect for jamaicans in it because it's like you take a country that's done so much for me personally and you reduce it to this caricature that like Mm -hmm. when people i'm a massive bob marley fan he's one of my favorite artists of all time top three for me and it's like you reduce you people ignore all the political stuff on his songs which was hugely political uh political and just talk about the smoking reefer and everything it's like bro Mm -hmm. like are you mm. listening when you do it? And then I see that as they're doing it on purpose to kind of, and I, I that's why I really don't like when I see other black people, like other Africans sort of feed into that because it's like mm. white people did that to Bob Marley and turned him into this character of himself mm-hmm. on purpose so that people would forget mm-hmm. the political message that he had in his music. Um, and we're feeding into it by putting out a sketch on Family and talking about Jamaicans do this and that when you're not. And then like... Can when, you send well, that? Yeah. I actually want to have a look. Um, yeah, I'll send it. I'll send it in the group. Chat. Because people don't realize how conservative Jamaica actually is, and how they there was even a Supreme Court ruling banning dreadlocks. So it's like actually That's in school. Wrong. Sorry, I should add the the in school. Um, I think people don't know, and I think for me, I've made it like in my friendship group. There are like in my new in my friendship group, I have more African friends than I do Caribbean friends when I do the maths right. Mm-hmm. And even though I've lived in Ghana and I'm born here and whatnot, I take my time out to still understand. Like, I want to learn. Let me let me hear Wagwan. Here's all the stereotypes, but let me hear this. Mm-hmm. And I know that some of my friends, um, they're cool people. It doesn't mean now that if I am as me too, I'm a Nigerian because I know the But the way it works in the UK, I feel like with the Caribbean community in particular, is because there are so many things intertwined and ingrained in our norms that we don't remember the people that it comes from and we and we simplify our culture, the Caribbean culture, down to these very minute things. And you hear people say reckless stuff. Like I remember someone saying that, oh, I feel like you Caribbean people are X, Y, Z, because all you do is jump up in the street and dance with no clothes. But I'm like, do you see yourself right now? You don't even know what I want. And that's why, like, I don't have a problem hearing... I wouldn't have a problem with hearing different sounds at carnival if the people actually respected the culture outside of carnival and then people took the time out to learn about the culture outside of carnival and deep like 
I, as a Jamaican, I love my island, but I've had to learn about other islands in the Caribbean because we even have beef, you know, like small island, this, 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 like we in the Caribbean have beef. And I go to carnival and have to humble myself mm. and, and listen to soca. And I enjoy soca. So, how much more so someone who's not even Caribbean come in and then you're going to go, guys, as I said, it's the TL. It's the TL and it's ACS culture combined, where it's like, I don't know. It, it's just—it's just not a nice thing to see us pick and choose what we want. And I think it could—it could be so much more beautiful and edifying yeah. if we took a step back to learn from each other yeah. and recognize. Say, uh, no, I, I, think, I, think I think it's a general yeah. thing of um, uh, humility in general. Like I think it's the same issue we have with African Americans when they—we had the long discussion about what kind of vacation like before, and so <laughs> I don't really want to get back into it because we did it on the episode earlier. But it's like. Um, taking African culture um, and when they say African culture like Africa is a big place there's all sorts of different cultures there um, but for them it's like they take one image of it and try and push that and stuff and it's like they need to just take there needs to be a level of humility for everybody just because you're black doesn't mean you understand Caribbean or Jamaica or uh, which, whichever Caribbean island we're discussing like just just because you're black and British doesn't mean you understand that culture because you're not from there so you also need to humble yourself and yeah. I agree. I, I was even going to say, like, I feel there's this arrogance on two parts. First of all, there's an a huge arrogance that comes with being African American, that um, because obviously America literally sets and defines culture for the whole world because they they are the world stage, mm. um, and so being black in America will set a sort of definition, a standards of what it is to be black, and that's why they're extremely not the whole just generally speaking quite arrogant about it unconsciously mm. even sometimes but i also think there's an arrogance that comes with being african and yeah. i'll say that with my chest there's an arrogance that comes with being african comes with being nigerian where we don't if you're not within the african space we don't care to learn about it because we're told everything comes from africa you know black you know that yeah. sort of yeah. arrogance that comes with being told that the world originates in africa we're more populous with this with that it's 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 doing us no justice i'm not gonna lie because <laughs> for example nigerians are probably i will say this from my chest we're probably one of the most arrogant bunches in the world but we, do, really? we don't have anything to show for it apart from good music and food and culture the country's a mess and i feel like i said it in my chest and as a nigerian i'll say it again we do not have anything to show for that arrogance apart from food music culture and the people but that's Our a country that's a big doesn't thing back it. That's a big no, thing. no, no. The arrogance that Nigeria has compared to the state that Nigeria is in, it doesn't align. Yeah, no, that's, and it's, it's, I feel like there needs to be a lot of stepping back mm. from the African side and ask, shutting the hell up and actually listening. I think it's if they're not prepared to listen and stuff. That's the don't, thing. Don't when I see diaspora yeah, wars on Twitter, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I do see it heavily coming from the African side, and it's embarrassing to see. I can't lie. It's embarrassing. Um, There needs to be a lot of listening, a lot of discussions had, a lot of, you know, because you you never know where you could get where you actually like shut up and listen to people, you know, that kind of thing. And I think just that, that willingness to learn and that willingness to be informed to actually Mm. like know what you think it is, it's not what it is, like this is what it truly is. Mm-hmm. about like the history behind certain things like even when we talk about carnival and how it is political even um andy mentioned like bob marley being your favorite artist top three i want to know who the other two is by the way but like a lot of people don't know like the song war is verbatim Halle selassie's speech to the mm. un mm. like verbatim 
it is mm. not a song that he sat down writing and, like do you get what I mean so when we're talking about the history and we're talking about it being political like that's where it begins and it's like like people take an aspect of the culture yeah and then they they blow that up to be the entire culture mm-hmm. and they forget about you know the building blocks they forget about the history and it's just like you just want it to be what you what you think it is or what you yeah. assume it to be and you're not really taking time and yeah there's a lot to learn yeah, i think it's, it's terrible mm-hmm. because i think basically one of my party tricks is i can find a way to blame white supremacy for everything and i feel like, <laughs> like i agree, no, I'm, about to agree. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like the, the example i brought up with bob marley they do it with all forms of black art which is inherently political because black mm-hmm. existence is political yeah mm-hmm. and i'm saying yeah. They take they take grime and say, oh, it's just you guys rapping about this, that, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But they've been rapping like we, in the magazine we put out, we put out a magazine about Black British music last year, and we have an article about the political kind of origins or roots of of grime because to to try and say that this form of Black art is just you know young Asbo kids doing this and that, blah, 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 is something that they're intentionally doing, and I don't I'd like it. Kind of hurts me when I see us feed into that. Because it's like, mm. this is what they want. They want us to think of our culture as just this, that. And I shouldn't even say, oh, because Caribbean culture is not my culture. But when I say, oh, it's all right. Like, today, like, today, we can't all be <laughs> out of many. We can't, we can't really you know be I mean? one. Like, it hurts me when I see Africans sort of feed into that narrative that Jamaicans are just about this, that, blah, blah, blah. And the same with other, which is why I kind of took so much offense at with the African-Americans saying Africans are just this, that. Um, mm. And not taking a full appreciation of what the culture is because... That's exactly what they want us to do. Yeah. I think one thing that the ruling sort of like white supremacists slash the ruling classes are really damn good at doing, and they do it very subtly. It works all the time. They're really good at create at creating like narratives, forcing those narratives down through media, through curriculums, through entertainment, through 100%. just general societal norms, and then putting these sort of narratives about these oppressed groups and then getting them to turn on each other and it Mm. works every time it works every single time it works with for example brexit work working class people had no business voting for brexit but look at how that you know that sort of thing and these stereotypes again are very white supremacy you know fed, fed by white supremacy and like Andy said, it's it's we fall for it every single time, every single time. And I think the solution is literally just to listen and to have these sort of discussions. Cause honestly, like we have we basically we have a generation to build and it can't keep going on like this. Like yeah. these diaspora wars, it, it's it doesn't make sense anymore. It does, and they just strip they strip you of your identity mm-hmm. and then give you one label and then are confused why everybody is fighting inside because you're deep in that. For example, all, most people, yeah, when it comes to the Caribbean, all they know is Jamaica, Trinidad and Barbados, which is problematic because you know Barbados because of Rihanna and you know Trinidad because of Nicki Minaj and then you know Jamaica because of all the different things that have come out of Jamaica. And it's like, there are so many other islands. There are so many other forms of music. There is so much to learn. The food, even though, even though what I've learned in this life, yeah, is that in most black countries, we be eating the same thing, yeah, but yeah, we got yeah. a new name, called new season, called remix, maybe it. some people <laughs> smash it, some people, whatever you do. Yeah, no, real actually, because when I tried it for the first time, I said, wow, there ain't a coconut cream, but it's all right, and the piece is a bit different, but the color and the taste, it's the same thing. Thing. <laughs> it's it's the same thing. I love watching it, so I love rice and peas. So it's like, 
it makes sense. It's just, it just makes sense. But I think it's true. Like actually understanding that, you know, I'm not even going to take it back to my degree because, you know, let's not say it. We don't need TED Talks in such a way that you tell them what they're saying, but don't allow them to have then their individual agency of their culture and their nuances it causes mm. problems because even in nigeria not everybody just because everybody is nigerian doesn't mean that everybody in nigeria is even the same my friend she's Ghanaian. when i was in ghana i'd be seeing people be chatting different hair this is different and it's the same like my housemates a lot of them are from eastern caribbean islands i mm. promise you even though we have a lot of similarities, the things are different. And I think it's just that like what you're saying, like even with drill, yeah, I'm not going to get too political on drill. Most of the drill lyrics are actually puppy shit and we do know in this and we know that. But there are some drill songs, if you actually listen with your ears and clean your ears out, even the drill song there, is, I'm, I'm struggling to say it's a political statement. I'm struggling, right? Because I think more time, it's a, it's a sense that I'm coming for you and I'm mm. coming on your end. Mm. But there is an ounce of... um politics there because would they be needing to be making the music they're making and doing the things that they're doing Mm -hmm. if you guys actually fixed up yourself and had the correct political policy but no you go on to GMTV it's not even called GMTV what's it called this morning brain good morning brain whatever the heck is called yeah you go on all of these shows you have all of these debates about drill but you don't think in your big fat head of yours what is going on why are these young boys and girls moving mad on the end? You've taken away their place and art. You've taken away the studios. You've taken, you've put their mums on zero hours contract. So now they're making some tax-free money and spitting bars and they ha- they don't even value their own life nor understand their own identity, let alone value a next man. So the only thing they can hold on to is these bars and this beef. And you on date on, on TV want to have major debates about whether the music is good or not thinking about the political sphere that made this music apparent and necessary and that made the things that they're spitting about on these tunes necessary. And personally speaking, when Drill Minister came out, yeah, and did the damn thing, I said, mm. yes, babe, I love it. Because mm. you're saying our music is violent, but you, up mm. in Westminster, in the houses of, of what's it called? The houses of Thomas? I mean, they're mad. The comments, the look. Let me not even, guys, you know, let me be a bit professional because I don't want to cast no bad word. My mother might listen to this. But it's one of those things where, honestly speaking, honestly speaking, it's like, I don't know, I think music has such a political history. Mm. And it's such a shame when they reduce it down to caricature-like status. But never, and they want to hold the musicians accountable and responsible for the stuff that they're talking about and the things that are negative. Mm. But don't ever look at how historically you have destroyed and stolen people's identity through and through. And never hold yourself accountable for the places you, you make that create and birth this type of music. You take mm. away our identity, then you make these policies, and then you move mad. I want to debate it with me. Even uh, when you look at things like drug culture. You know, you know, amazing, you should, you should be a pastor. Even, no, even, honestly, even when you look Ah. at things like drug culture, like, if you consider the fact that within all these sort of drug cartels, anywhere in the world, at the very top of it is a white man, a rich white man, a rich white man with a very high net worth, who's fucking over young black boys all over the country. It's, if you read about it, those that know, know, but, you know, they create these problems, black people who are, generationally oppressed are creating solutions to these problems in the only ways they know how and then you're sort of trying to again it goes back to taking up space 
having discussions that you have absolutely no business having, you know. And then you invite one black very good at. who might agree with you on the show and then just gaslight them for the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> then again, I'm not sure why black people are still going on Good Morning Britain. Just want to make Britain. music for fun. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure why. Um, we've, gone, yeah. we've gone for like two hours, but we could go for another two. But <laughs> uh, I want to I wanna wrap it up. Um, listen, thank you guys all for coming on so much. Like, this has been amazing. Really good conversation. Um, I think we should do another one to be honest, because there's so much to talk about. We didn't even oh, really get into the, we didn't really even really get into the Drake slander. Um, we'll do that oh, oh. <laughs> but oh. no, Shay, Shay, you can make your point about Drake, and then we'll try. Okay. <laughs> do you know what it is? 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 It's not even. It's not even like a slander thing. Drake is somebody that has this generation by his throat. I don't think his brand or his music justifies the rate at which this generation is unhealthy obsessed with this man i feel like drake makes good music i cannot even if i like i said earlier if i said anything contrary to that i'd be lying that would just be a lie however i don't see the hype i don't think i'll ever see the hype i think drake Drake, okay, so no, I mean, I, we're about to wrap up, so I'm not gonna get into it, but yeah, no, I think I think Drake slander is healthy. I think <laughs> that I think that sometimes, no, because it actually doesn't make sense. Like, when was his 10 v 10? I can't remember who it was up against. Um, it was a Drake versus Connie, I can't remember. On, anyway, no, he did it, he did no, it was a, it was a, I think it was a Rick Ross 10 v 10, oh, and all they were playing with Drake features, yeah. 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 And I was just like, I'm so sorry. Can can we can we get a break? Like I don't I don't know. You can't I just deny that his features his features were amazing. You oh wait, I'm not denying it. I just that's why they, that's why they played them. Like some but of then the, again, the songs are the ones that Drake has. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, but my agenda, was wrong. my agenda must worry. My agenda must worry. <laughs> agenda over facts. Can we just say anyway? Um, but yeah, no, Drake's land is healthy. I think we should have it a lot more, especially in music discussions, because I'm sorry, like the hype is just not there. Yeah, to be honest, um, everyone knows I have like a love-hate relationship with Drake because I love his music at times, but I hate everything else. <laughs> and um, I would say I agree with you because for me, I think Drake raps about himself. And the reason it's done so well is because we have an unhealthy obsession with his life. Um, mm-hmm. And it's an interesting uh, question as well, because in 50 years time, when our kids don't care about Drake's life, will they care about Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 I have to have to step in. I don't think it's him. Just because you look like Drake, it? I don't think it's just that, though. I don't think it's just that. If you want to, if you want to, like, because we can still put it in negative terms here, yeah, but he raps from a very narcissistic perspective, I which a lot of people identify with. Okay. A lot of people have the same sort of thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's like people like. Care no one him. really wants to hear that much about someone else's life. I don't think that's what it is with Drake. I think it's like that sort of... Um, See themselves in him. Because yeah, that him. sort of oh, like those narcissistic qualities. A lot of people deep down have some of those qualities. So mm-hmm. that's I a think good it's point, more man. that than, than listening to, to, to his life. That's but, a very good point. But I think he stopped doing that as well lately. I think he did that very well in his, in his early career. I mm-hmm. think now it's kind of like... It's just like... I was just too sincere music in Arabic, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But just quickly on um Shay's point about like 
yeah, like he's very overhyped, which he is, yeah, and like obviously he's blown up more than probably his probably what he deserves in terms of his ability and all the rest of it, yeah. But do don't you feel, yeah, like the people that are really like hardcore Drake fans, yeah, the people who are like, yeah, live and die Drake, like that's my guy, da da da. There are certain types of people who I personally don't look at them as like proper, proper music people. I'm not even like the most knowledgeable music person yet, but I know enough to not be like, to put Drake on some pedestal. And I feel like the people who do Mm -hmm. generally are not as well versed in, in sort of like, um, whether it be like hip hop or R&B or like general, that sort of like genre of music and relatable genres. I don't really see like the true, true, true music fans really putting Drake on that pedestal like that. So, yeah, for me, the people that do sort of like rep Drake like that are the people who, I don't want to call it lazy, but they're just people who don't look into music as nothing. They just see the main guy who's on the radio all the time, he's on TV all the time, whatever. And they're just like, oh yeah, his music sounds cool. He's obviously got- I would say that's the case with a lot of them, but I do, I do definitely know people that are like music. Like I could bring them on the show and we could have a two, three hour discussion about music. Like no music that stand by Drake being the like the really? best ever, everything. Yeah, my, my barber. Every time I get a trim, my barber will put my ear off about Drake, and yeah. I just because obviously he's got my the fate of my trim in his hands, so I have to just nod. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, and I do hear he's got a lot of good points, and I do hear his his thing like because Drake has effectively been on the, the top of rap for close to a decade. Um, which is something that no one else has really done in the same way that Drake has. So I understand like the accolades and stuff, but I'm like, but listening to the music in particular, especially from like 2016 onwards, it's like, you can't say that he's still performing at that level that he was when he was, I say prime Drake is when he was doing the Edgware Road thing. We know with smoking shisha, everything. That's that's prime great. <laughs> that's one like, thing I forgot to mention. He's a vulture. Give it a no. rest. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? Think. I feel like Drake has remained on top because he's a comedian. It's a, it's let's give him a new animal, yeah, or reptile, because this guy makes <laughs> tracks according to what is popping now. So of course he can be on top. When we wanted a bit of a little, a little um dancehall swing there, he was. Can you see him with popcorn right now? They're on yeah, yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drake knows what he's doing. Drake is a bit. You see this brain yeah, up there. Yeah, he's a businessman. You see Drake's brain. He's, he's a businessman, business and that's why he and remains on top because he knows Wagwan. Yeah, no, but that's... and he and he remains on top globally, as he pricks himself in all the countries he wants to be in. So yeah. he's got his twist and turn of popcorn. He then has his um freestyle of Heady One. He's letting the people know, yeah, you're not gonna forget me. I'm gonna be here. Yeah. So I think that's why he remains on top because it's not as if he's still making music the same way he made back in the days. He's now making whatever sells Drake vibes. That will yeah. keep him there, and I respect that because I told yeah. you I'm again, the music industry is a business, and he's just I'm not gonna lie to you. He's one of those people that just know the business. Like, I think you can. How much? You have to divorce the business aspect from the music aspect if you're talking about legendary. Like you can only mm. the business aspect can you can obviously applaud it and everything, but you have to hold it to a certain extent. Like music has to super. I mean, in my opinion, the music has to supersede that. 
Yeah. And do you think Andy, it does? You were the one who said that he was legendary. You. Yeah, no, he's a legend. You. He's a legend because of what he's done. But I'm saying. Then that think I about think... it. When you talk about legends, no one's trying to sit down and be like, oh, yeah, but then the music aspect. When you talk about legends, you're just trying to talk about who's made the most impact. You're trying to talk about who's yeah, made the most impact. Yeah, you can't do that as impact. Yeah. I'm not going to say that. I'm, I don't put him in GOAT conversations. Like, he barely yeah, touches my top 10 of all time. Um, mm-hmm. Hip hop, not just all time artists. Like, hip hop, he barely touches my top 10. Like, I put him top 20 and I, I, he could sort of scrape into the top 10. But, like, there's artists that I feel like, especially for an artist of Drake's caliber and size, he hasn't really spoken about anything yet. Like, yeah. he, hasn't, he hasn't spoken on anything that is of substance. Really. You, don't, you don't have to speak on anything. You don't have though. to, like, but you I need think, to, I need think, to I think, the idea from the music doesn't have to be political. If you want to like, be in the GOAT conversations, you have to, the same way, if you want to be in a GOAT conversation in basketball, you have to win a ring. Like, even if you're Allen Iverson, best player on the team, everything, and everybody, the reason you didn't win a ring is because of the people that are around you. Or Charles Barkley, where MJ is the reason he didn't win a ring. You can't be in the GOAT conversation because you don't have a ring. I'm sorry, bro. Like, you just sorry, Andy, quickly, can I just confirm, is Jay Cole in your GOAT conversation? Okay, nah. cool, thank you. Curtis, is J. Wow. Cole in your conversation? Fair enough. Mm. We can't be we putting Drake over J. Cole. No, no. I'm sorry, okay, I just just confirming we're all on the same yeah. wavelength. I do like J. Cole. I, no, I'm a big fan, but he's not greatest of, he's not in the greatest. Yeah, Goat is of all time. Do you know what a good point that was made? Is that what if you just are making music for vibes? I feel like because in black music particularly, it's always so political. Mm. What if you're just making vibes? Like, what if, why can't you get to legendary status on just that's vibes? You know? that's I feel like that's what I would have appreciated. Like, we have to get serious at some point. Yeah, no, people don't appreciate but not that. But not in music, though. You don't have to get serious in music. To me, to me if, you be, if you want to be on that level, you can make, because you can make a tune that is make, makes people think and makes people. True. You know, I feel like from like a, that to a higher extent because it's like he can do that and still give us this. But how can you how can you put that to a higher extent musically? Because it's not related to music, it's related to a message. Do you know what it is? At the end of the day, like what what actually impacts people is just basic psychology. How do you make them feel? So the reason with Drake is I wouldn't say it's just vibes. I would say things like take care, that sort of thing. That made people feel shit. And that is why people will hang on to Drake. No matter what he puts out, that album. People will hang on to Drake and they will put him in go conversations because it made them feel shit. It was the soundtrack for a lot of us, you know, coming of age, first heartbreak type vibes. And that's what people will remember. People won't remember what you say, what you did, but they remember how you made them feel. Some people need no. to get over yeah. yeah. it. Yeah. That views is a classic because he cried to redemption because he was going through it with his girl. Yeah. Bro, whoa, 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 whoa. That That's a bit mad. Listen, man, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't, can't attack someone for how the music made them feel, is it? Like, it's let's true, let that guy live his life. It is very subjective. I think, do you know what I'm deep in in these, in, in these music conversations? That often we have the expectation for an artist to be an activist. Because even when it came to mm. the Burner Boy thing, it's like, mm. babe, do you know what's happening politically right now? And it's the USA that you wanted to run to, and it's yeah. this type, these are the tracks you wanted to bring out. But I'm deep in this life, you know what? If you're an artist and you just came into the music for vibes, I can't be mad at you. It's me. I expected too much of you. It's me. Yeah. So when Drake wants to chat about Gyal and heartbreak, it's okay. But do you think the ones that are just vibing can be 
held to the same level as those that can also just vibe and what's that all? Are you talking I, about I, I, like all this? If it's yeah. if it's about music, if it's about music, I can't I can't give right. I can't yeah. basically wave like yeah, say yeah, that oh because A is an is an is an activist and you you're doing just vibe because me sometimes I want to just shuck up myself. I, I don't want to get sometimes no one's yeah. no one's trying to go to the club and hear. Oh, that's a lie. Never mind. That's a big lie. I was gonna say no one's going trying to go to the club and hear first things first, best in peace. But that's a big fucking lie because I would like to hear that's that song. That's true. Um, but you know, some of J Cole's songs, and I think he does get he does deserve the respect he gets for creating music that makes people think different. I would say that I would listen to a J Cole song. I'm like, oh shit, like okay. But I'm sorry, like it's okay to make skr skr, you know, like kind of music. <laughs> like I'm trying to go to the club and I'm trying to hear nonsense. I don't want to think about my life, kind of thing. Yeah. And similar yeah. to what Kiana yeah. said, I think there is that unnecessary, unnecessary. There is that um, overwhelming, rather, um, pressure that we put on artists to create music that we want to hear, which is mm. none of their business. They they create music that they like, you know. And yeah, I think that's that's I think that's a valid point. You might be right. Yeah, maybe I uh, put. Too high expectations in it. Where would you put someone like um, Notorious B.I.G. Because he didn't have, really have a message. Because my no, thing is with rap, yeah. My guy's a local genius. That's yeah, that's I'm my saying. thing with rap. If we if we're talking rap, then surely we should be talking about the way people put words together, the stories they can, t- rather than like that they have to have. Are we having? Are we having a type of message? MC, are we having a best MC discussion or best hip hop artist? Like the artist. Mm. No, no, no. If we're talking it's, it's best MC and best hip hop artists are not too far away. If you want to talk best lyricist, that's a different conversation. Oh, yeah, sorry, but, but then there's people that are above. Yeah, that's when we talk about lyricism. Lyrically, oh. I would notoriously unmatched. I would say um, near unmatched. Um, I think I can throw some names in there that something that you can match, but <laughs> no, something. Do you know what it is? I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, um, and we were saying that sort of like the Tupac and Biggie sort of discussions. Again, I will probably get dragged for this, but a lot of them are fueled by nostalgia, when yeah, people no, don't live up to their potential yeah. or what they could have. I yeah. think we tend to put like, for example, compared to like MJ, he actually had a good run. So when he passed, unfortunately, we could look back and be like, okay, we are. Pre-. But with Tupac and Biggie, I, I feel like, almost, yeah. yeah, people hang on to what could have been, yeah, and it, it. I think that just basically blurs a lot of the valid discussions that could be had with those two. However, I can objectively say that Biggie is a lyrical genius. I will not dis- I will not dispute yeah. that at all. I, I, I agree. agree. We, we've had that I discussion. We, like I said, had Lil Wayne died. Like God forbid that. Imagine if he died in 2011 after he had mm. run and he was at the mm. He'd be in the same discussions with Pig, uh, Tupac, Biggie, etc. Um, so sometimes that's why I kind of take them out when I'm discussing them because firstly I wasn't mm. around when they were at their peak, so I was always looking back and seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's the discussions are never objective because it's. Um, I mean, obviously music is subjective, but it's always um, got a level of nostalgia. But um, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, I really don't want to wrap this up, but I feel like we should because <laughs> like um, almost two and a half hours now. Um, but yeah, thank you guys again for coming on. And do you guys all want to sort of shout out your socials or any like projects you've got coming up or anything that you want people to look out for before we um, before we leave? Yeah. So um, at the agency, um, we are underpinned by a community of young creators that we always want to work with uh, to help bring clients' projects to life. And I think that the more young people get to work on shit the more i guess the 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 scope of storytelling as we know it in the uk will change you know the more we get to tell on stories so if you're a young creative and you want to 
be able to like work on shit or just meet other like-minded people then do join the chl community follow us on instagram at chl the agency and then you can see like links to like our facebook group there's currently 132 of us but always want more people and it's lit amazing thank you do we, should we do it again like a uh, check out and just pass it on to the next person yeah i'll pass it on to curtis oh um yeah so simply just follow up our agency instagram page so it's at underscore everything so everything without a h chris um but yeah we do like a load of different uh community projects like working with um the regal basketball court in Vauxhall, um, we've got like an unofficial partnership with them at the moment, sort of like supporting the young people that go through that community and working with them to just grow grow the community. Um, but yeah, obviously that we're also very community-faced focused going into like different youth communities and stuff. So if there's anyone who is part of a community and you want to collaborate on some work or you just want to follow the journey that we're going on with different communities then give the instagram page a follow um so yeah man oh yeah I'm, i'll pass it on to um Adama. um i've got a couple of things to shout out i'm gonna be cheeky um first yep. one is season with salt like follow us on instagram is at seasoned with salt underscore come learn how to boil an egg um we're gonna be starting in classes <laughs> soon um, and yeah, it's just a vibe, like getting young people together, teaching, learning, all of that great stuff. Also part of another startup called Anchorize CIC on um, Instagram. And that's basically, we're basically a sustainable fashion brand uh, with a social cause. So our social cause is actually funding um, education for young women across the continent of Africa. We're starting specifically in Nigeria because that's where a lot of us on the founding team are from. Um, it costs about eight pounds to send um, certain certain girls to the schools in certain states um this is public schooling um it costs about eight pounds for an entire academic year um and a lot of girls um are being held back from progressing in that sense because they're just not valued in terms of you know progressing as opposed to the male child so we're trying to push that agenda you know we hear the statistics about when you educate young women and how that can affect entire economies entire countries so that's that's the agenda that we're pushing trying to get our girls into school um for them to finish their education and go on to better things so check that out that is anchorize cic on um instagram as well wait say that again so i'm sorry anchorize, so a-n-c-h-o-r-i-s-e-c-i-c mm-hmm. um on Instagram, I'm gonna pass on to Kiana. Thank you, Ab. Follow Newless on Instagram at Newless Tech. That is N U L L U S T E C H. We'll be launching very, very soon, and the work that we will be doing and sharing is super, super important for us all to learn from both a supportive and preventative lens um and also follow tcu um at tcu underscore uk we're a caribbean network dedicated to educating empowering and connecting the caribbean diaspora and more and really just ensuring that the scene never ever is silent um and that we can all learn about the beauty of Caribbean culture, the fusion of Caribbean culture we see in the UK, but also from a professional and personal development, how we can actually have spaces that are more diverse, but also 
genuinely inclusive um so yeah follow us on those and keep in touch we would love to hear from you and we appreciate all the support thank you guys for coming in. <laughs> uh thank you so much um and <laughs> i mean we're... Oh, yeah. <laughs> um i'm gonna we're gonna leave you with uh fling because obviously it's carnival weekend and everybody loves that song so um yeah here's fling and uh yeah we'll catch you soon listen guys we're out here follow us on instagram at 2g's in a pod uh twitter at 2g's in a pod underscore you already know the soundcloud where are you listening to this episode <laughs> <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so here's fling and enjoy your carnival weekend even though we can't go outside try and enjoy it as best you can Tell us what I'm feeling. 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 Tell us